0: So you're listening to Muhammad Hassan and I'm with a childhood friend, an old friend, a current friend, Akil Hay. It's part of the season where I ask people about their lives and how they're currently navigating their 20s. And we're currently in my living room and we're just going to talk. I'm, I'm trialing this out, I'm testing this out. So, Akil. Hey, Mo. I'm going to start by asking you... Let's 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 go back to basics. Where did it all begin? Let's begin with oh, wow. where you're born. Let's oh. let's turn the clock back to Jamaica. Oh, wow. So where so where were you born in Jamaica? Just tell us about your life in Jamaica, and then how you moved to the UK, and then we'll take it from there.
1: Jesus, that's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, uh, I was born in Kingston. Okay. Kingston Eleven actually was where I grew up. You know y'all have these postcodes in England like oh N W six five four oh, three yeah. two one and in, in Jamaica it was always like well in Kingston anyway it was like one two three four five yeah so I grew up in Kingston eleven the further downtown you go is the more ghetto it gets and Kingston eleven was going downtown but luckily we weren't downtown downtown do you feel what I'm saying I get what you're saying um so I grew up in in this little community called Villa. Villa. yeah i know it sounds fancy like one of them okay. nice little sort of spanish resorts <laughs> but, but now i grew up in a place it's, the name sounds contradicting because it was actually called bay farm villa bay farm, farm villa. villa yeah okay. kingston 11 and it was just it was honestly this little small community right mm-hmm. and we are oh, it was one of them things i think jamaica is like everywhere else it's a learning curve isn't it mm. it's like no matter where you grew up there um you'll forever learn something no matter where you come from in life mm. but it was so contrasting to go different places in jamaica because mm. people have a style as like a war zone but okay. honestly we're like in kingston it, it just is what it is you, the further downtown I, I, you go like i said yeah. it's more it's more um rough but at the same time that's where you learn the hustle what do you mean by it's rough it, it's rough because it. um. The further downtown you go, the more ghetto it gets. Okay. So you come across places like—have you, you ever heard of like a Gully? Like the Gully Banks is like—it's it, like the rivers that that smells like sewers. Okay. The, no, I hadn't heard of that. People get an education oh, today. Oh God, down there it's like it's horrible because that's where you know they dump, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. They dump bodies. There you go. You can go. say that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, honestly, I feel like no matter where you go. It's not really about a war. It's more about the people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And sometimes it's just like just growing in a place, isn't it? But when it comes to the girls, you learn so much. But you learn so much outside of school Mm. than you do in school, in my opinion. Mm. But at the same time, it's about coming together, isn't it? It's about unity. I, I feel like in Jamaica, that's what I learned the most. It's it's about family, like honestly.
0: So just just for a bit of context, then you were in in, in this Bay Farm Villa community. Mm-hmm. Just 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 take me back today, like what what are your yeah. memories? So what are you, you? So obviously it was you and Anthony, your younger sister, grew yeah. up there.
1: Actually, I grew up. Um, I grew up a foursome, so um, it was me, and my sister. Yeah. And our two cousins Okay All four of us grew up in a house together, right? Yeah The great thing about it was We all Grew up Under like four different Well, grew up Seen life in four different perspectives If that makes sense In regards to our parents Okay um, My two cousins oh, They had two different dads Okay But same mom, And so one of their dads yeah. He was um money wise he was he was better off. Like he was really good. And so we got to to hear about extravagant trips and stuff from mm. one of our cousins, Do you know what I mean, mm. which was really good because it took us away from our surroundings. It was like, "Oh, you went there, you went there." Like those places actually exist. Wow, amazing. Interesting. Right? It was really good. Not to mention his dad was living in England at the time. Mm. So we heard about places like that. But it was so foreign to us. It was so foreign. But mind you, my dad's side of the family, he had a lot of brothers. And a lot of them was living in America. So we always heard about foreign countries. But they just seemed so, for a better word, foreign to us all. Interesting. In Jamaica. My other cousin, which was a girl, she um, she and her dad... Didn't really know each other like that, mm. so she was always close to her mom. Okay, which was um, understandable. And me and Anthony, my sister, we had two different relationships with our parents, so we all just saw a different perspective of growing up. Mm. But it, once again, it's all about the community. You know, we in Jamaica, we're so tight knit as a family. Mm. Like family comes first, no matter what problems you have with them, they always come first. That's one thing I loved about growing up in the ghetto I guess you could say it was always about family like you just always learn family comes first no matter how close-knit you are with your friends your family comes first mm. and family should be in Jamaica we didn't really see family as oh um blood related it's more like oh if I'm if you're if you've got my back to the death I've got your back to the death I understand. I
0: understand. Yeah. Well, you learn.
1: You learn along the
0: way, you Um. So yeah, keep keep going. Tell me more. So tell tell me. Um, just gonna bring the mic a bit closer. So tell me more in terms of um. You know, you grew up with your sister and these two cousins. Yeah. One of them had a dad that's slightly more wealthy, so you yeah. got to see the nicer things in life. Well, um, get to see her, but we heard about it. You heard about yeah. it. Yeah. Got oh. you, got you. So, in in like, just back up, tell me more about t- okay, so tell me about going to school in Jamaica, your oh. friends, how you ended up with that big hole in your hand when you're getting chased. Jesus. And uh, tell me about your grandma and how, you know, she was a, the influence of your grandma in your life as well um, and your mother.
1: I love my grandma. Oh, I love my mom too. I'm not gonna lie. You know what, growing up in Jamaica, it was so strange. I grew up around a lot of strong women. Okay and they to me define strength they just define strength for me because it was just oh my god my grandma she had all girls so it was just i was just surrounded by strong women if i, if I was honest mm. and um my grandma most of all was like i guess the role model like she just loved she taught us our family values she was mm. just always down for her family always 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 it doesn't matter once again, what problems they had—it was just family first for her, and she and she enforced that in all of us. Mm. And my mom, she she always tried to go down the same path as well. She always, always um, enforced that in me and my sisters, um, mm. no matter what we do. It's always always about you know family first. Mm. That was just our values in regards to to growing up. My mom. If, if regardless of when my mom was there because my mom left eventually mm. And moved countries but so we spent a lot of time with our grandma mm. but my grandma she was she's always been a warrior she's always been a warrior jesus the stories she's always been a warrior but in jamaica i feel like and it's not just Jamaica, because I've seen it a lot of places. I go, grandmas, they make such a um, a massive difference to people. Big like, they impact. Do, Oh, my God. Just yeah. a massive impact on lives. And I, I don't know if it's because of the experience mm-hmm. they have or if it's just the the role they take on. Because sometimes it's like, oh, if you don't want to speak to your mom and dad, you go to your grandparents. Do you get yes, what I mean? Yes, I definitely do. So did. maybe it's just the way of life or maybe it's the role they take on. if Because mm. they, they, they're so... I feel like grandparents, you know, their life changed when they hear they're having grandchildren. Mm. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, it's, it's a newfound joy for them. Mm. And so they take on that responsibility of, of being a, um, a consultant, I guess because could say, uh, um, a therapist or, I don't know what you could call it, like a confidant. It's there okay. you go. Without even knowing. Mm. And that's good. So I grew up close to my grandma. Very, very close. And... Um, School-wise, my mom, she never wanted us to grow up in too much in the ghetto when it came to education. Okay. So, she invested in, in I guess you could say, semi-private schooling. Mm-hmm. So, we went schools outside of my area. Mm-hmm. and it And it was really, really good. You get to interact with different type of people, innit? But at the same time, we were all Kingstonian. So, we got... We got different views on things it was different when you're leaving your area and you're going to a much more um, upstanding area I don't know if you want to call it upstanding okay, ab- but upstanding we'll use that word then slightly upstanding slightly, slightly. upstanding shade thrown no never oh, deep. shade thrown shade thrown you know
0: King, deep other Kingstonians just, they just don't deep There's <laughs> <is> not deep <laughs> okay uh carry on, carry on. This is really like, honestly, this is this is fascinating. You're telling me things that I just never knew. Like
1: yeah, Jamaica, um you know Honestly, I love Jamaica. I feel like it's the it's the little things that make the memories in it. It's the food. I never grew up close to a beach. Like the the ghettos that was close to to where I grew up, it was very far from a beach. Mm. I shouldn't say far because by car it was like forty minutes to an hour. Okay. But that was just far for us. That is, so was, yeah. That is so was like, oh. especially if you're not driving, that's very far. Honestly, it was like a once in a um, I shouldn't say blue moon, but it was like once in a blue moon trip. it. if mm. you behave yourself, you go there once every so six months or something. <laughs> <laughs> you might go to the beach. I, if I feel lucky. like people when they find out you're from an island, they naturally assume you go to the beach and you live your life. No, that's bro, so true. Because no, my vision bro. of
0: Jamaica is quite a naive one of like. You know just well I know it has its problems and yeah. you know it's not paradise but yeah. y- you're gonna think people are like islanders they're mm-hmm. by the beach all the time no, god, no. that's not necessarily the
1: case god no the, the, the thing I love 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 about Jamaica is the hustle mm. like so much people are focused on hustling mm. my mom she used to be down in the market like just selling clothes mm. and these were clothes that she would she'll would go abroad and get for cheap and then come back and just hustle her life out but she was always downtown in the sun and downtown is where you don't want to be because when that sun hits you, Jesus, it's like the sun focuses on downtown. Damn. But she was always down there hustling. My mom, for the longest time I know my mom, she always had like, I I, I'll be over-exaggerating when I say 10 jobs, but she always seemed like she had like 10 jobs. But she was always downtown hustling. And so, um, honestly, I, I, you have to respect people like that, but it was mm. always the hustle. No matter where you go, in kingston you'll always get the hustle in. and i mean one
0: thing i'm curious about is mm-hmm. ooh, one thing i'm curious about is yeah. so what What? what's school like in jamaica what are some of the misconceptions what are the what are the things that might be true what's the difference between going to school in jamaica versus going to school in the uk from your experience
1: mm. that's a that's a really good question That's a really good question. One misconception is, and I'll say this a lot, is because we're Jamaicans, Mm. we have our own language. Mm. And people naturally assume when we go to school, we actually write in our own language. We don't. We don't. it's standard English, like it's it's. Standard oh, English. Oh my god! And you learn so much so quickly because, like, we've been spelling like eleven letter words from like grade one. Wow. Okay. That's always been the case. They don't hold back in Jamaica. Yeah. They don't hold back in Jamaica. When I first moved to England, yeah. I found out that um, I remember being told that okay, let's say I move here in year five, yeah. right? I'll be told that whatever I'm learning in year five are things I learned in grade three. Oh. So it's like, oh, you have to be prepared yeah. to fall back. So the Jamaicans. Um,
0: so the Jamaicans really mm-hmm. are ahead of the English. Let, let's just keep it real. They're 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 ahead of they're they're a couple of grades ahead
1: of people in the UK. Yeah, and the sad thing about it, I don't want to be too. I don't want to come off too um, cocky or or. or you know Oops, come off as though i'm um being rude hmm. but it's one of those things whereby i feel like people always underestimate third world countries yeah. you know oh my god we, Reach. yes we, honestly i feel like we we do and sometimes i think it's in our actions because our actions don't match up with um our education or our mentality our mentality is very different because when you're out and about You have that hustling mentality. You do certain things you wouldn't do necessarily. It seems as though you're not being smart about it, but you are. It's just perceived differently because of maybe countries, Mm. maybe the difference within countries, or maybe it's just um, the way of life. Because honestly, um, in Jamaica, and I say this a lot, I think a lot of Jamaicans will tell you the same thing. If we're being honest in jamaica when it comes to race let's talk about race
0: yes please do
1: when it comes to race it's very bizarre because we're very multicultural i think people underestimate how multicultural we are we are very multicultural but we don't see race as an as um it's a bad thing okay. we don't we we honestly don't see race as a bad thing we um in jamaica especially we have nicknames for people, but mm. it always goes by like their skin tone or where they're from. Mm. Like a Chinese person or a Chinese man, you'll call Chinese man. Chinese man. But we never found that offensive. Like we just call you Chinese man because you're Chinese and you're a man. Yeah. It's just always been a thing. Got Do you, you get what I mean? I get you. Yeah. It's nothing. For us to be like, oh my god, like let's discriminate because he's Chinese or whatnot. Mm. We don't care. It's never been a thing. And that's one thing you learn when you move to a foreign country. That it's actually a thing. Mm. Like people, you have to be politically correct for that's whatever me. reason. That was that was a new burden. It's a new burden, I feel like. Whenever you move to a new country, it's always a new burden. Things like that, we don't pick up on back home.
0: I, I just wanted to quickly interject and, and I find that really... Really really interesting. I remember speaking to I think someone from uh, Eastern European country a while ago and they were saying um, Certain words like colored and, and, and things like that which are taken to be extremely racist over here are normal over there not not because um, of, of some level of ignorance, but just in terms of the words mm-hmm. they use yeah. that's the standard wording Ah man that man that's a podcast episode in itself yeah, I'm really yeah, glad yeah. I'm really glad you picked it up speaking about diversity yeah. my only experience of the caribbean was when I went to cuba which is more or less in the caribbean and um man I was seeing it was weird like here people speak about interracial relationships when they see maybe a black man and a, a white lady holding hands or kissing but in cuba it was like it wasn't just interracial it was like you could have someone who's jet black their kid looks Chinese um, they might have a wife that looks slightly Indian and no one would bat an eyelid and there wasn't this concept of interracial relationships it was just relationships and just that's how everything was um, okay I know we're jumping around but let's let's fast forward a bit um, tell me um, let, let's talk about how you came to the UK and and what was that like so just take me from the period where you, you know you're attending the school in Jamaica you have all your friends here and then you your mum and your sister yeah. move to the UK so tell tell me all about that and uh, just speak real close to the mic okay
1: complicated issue we're not going to get too get too, too, deep. too deep and by the way but if
0: any if we do get deep we
1: can almost cut it out no no that's fine um <laughs> this one's a complicated one my mom actually, and you'll find this with a lot of Caribbean parents, they actually leave their kids to move abroad first just okay. to, to get set, just to set up shop, I guess you could say. I, I feel like people always underestimate how heavy moving is mm-hmm. because you carry so much baggage. Mm-hmm. You carry so, so, so much baggage. But at the same time, you have to be goal oriented, and if you have something to fight for, or you, or you know your purpose for moving, it's like any, any let's say, okay, you're, you're packing up and you're leaving your childhood home, right? Mm. And it's the same country, but you're moving down the road. Moving down the road, believe me, same street is still hard mm. because you're leaving so much behind. Do you get know so, what I mean? So many reasons. Exactly, but you're carrying so much baggage regardless. You are, it, no matter where you go in life, the same problem will always follow you. Do you feel mm. what I'm saying? I, Unless I mean, you, until you work it out. But regardless, you don't get up and move and expect it to all disappear in a heartbeat. Mm. It's the same with moving countries. You don't get up, move, and all of a sudden, because you're seeing so much new things and you're coming across so much new faces, you forget how much you've been through. Do you get know what I mean? Right, um, going to school in Jamaica, I was unprepared for moving to England. I was so unprepared because in Jamaica, okay, let's use the race thing, for example, right? Sorry to come back to it. But let's use the race thing. Some things you're oblivious to mm. because you're, it's not a thing for you. It's not the norm. Mm. Discussing things like that or recognizing things like that. Mm. And so when you move to a new country, mm. it's the mm. same just like with education. When I moved to a new country and they told me, oh, it's going to be things you studied two years back. It's not something you grasp straight away mm. because at the same time, it's words to you until you exper- experience it. Do you I get what I mean? I get what
0: you mean, yeah.
1: And so um, when it came to... Moving countries, I think the first thing I realized was um, the difference. I moved to this place called Kingsbury, right? And Kingsbury was Indian populated at the time. <laughs> it still is. Indian populated <laughs> at the time, and um, honestly, once again, it's it's one of them things you don't recognize until you realize the food places are Indian populated, or um the shops are Indian populated. Or, um, mm. England, let's say you, you come across a fish and chip shop, right? Mm. You're like, shit, I never did this in Jamaica. Like, who, do we never had these fat chips? Do you know <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we were too busy living up Burger King and KFC and coming across them skinny fries that we didn't even call fries. We just, oh like, give God. us them potatoes. We didn't, we didn't, um, things like that are so weird. Mm. Even in Jamaica, like, we didn't break it down to cod. Can I have some it was like no give me the fish out of the ocean and fry <laughs> I'm <laughs> him do you feel oh what I'm my saying? god yes yo, give yo. me the fish out of the ocean and yo. fry him no like oh lie. my god no that being said ocean life in jamaica is really good mm. uh, if you ever get to jamaica just go on it. go on the beach it's because the we have list, oh, we have horse riding on the beach there's loads of cooking loads of music honestly the, the videos, vibes man. oh my I've seen god seen the videos the vibe is awesome my mom used to know the fishermen them really closely. So we used to go to this um private part of the beach. Mm. Right? And oh my God. Digressing man, digressing. We used to go to the private part of the beach and we used to take this little boat out to the ocean. Yeah. Right and we'll, we'll get like crabs and, and fishes. It'll just just for us. It was awesome, man. Mm. It was awesome. That's another thing with Jamaica as well. That crab experience <laughs> That crab experience get, I remember my grandma Having a bucket of crab And she's like Dip your hand in And when you dip your hand in You get them nice little claws You're like No this is not for me She's like You better dip it in oh or put God. it in the pot Your grandma's a legend No like, my man. grandma is a legend man She's um,
0: lovely Man man Well I'm just going to say this quickly Don't worry about digressing I think the best bits are When you When you Dig share great. Share these Yeah when you digress When you share these stories Um what so? Let's let's let's. Let, I want to keep. I want to come back to the UK because I like I like what you've been saying about race and about political correctness and about food and memories and family and community and baggage of moving. Moving down the street can be difficult. Let alone moving to a completely different country with a different culture, history, and so on. Um, all right. So let's just let's 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 walk through your first day in the UK your first month in the UK and then let's also work through your primary school, okay. right? So I remember you went to Fryant yeah. Primary yeah. Okay, with a number of characters Mohamed Mumin, wow. Saad Khan Dude. Chantel, Haynes Dude. who's your cousin Kuli um, and a few other, uh, uh, Faisal the Somalian, Bearman. so um, just, just walk me through what the first day in this country was like (laughs) and then and then we'll we'll, we'll, you know we'll we'll keep going from there tell me what primary school was like as well
1: i like the way you started (laughs) calling out names (laughs) um okay let's start i don't honestly remember my first day specifically yeah but i remember um i remember seeing my mom's face like that always sticks in your mind innit? i remember seeing my mom's face and she was like oh you know um we're going to a new home rah, 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 rah. And it, it's one of them places It's one of them things when you're driving mm. I don't know if you've ever taken a trip and you're just driving It's, it's like you're, you're just taking in the view mm. Right But when you know it's a place you're going to live It's so different from passing through mm. It's like the views you, you start thinking of these things Like oh do I really want to be here Like oh it doesn't feel like home Etc mm. etc et And then you reach this place And I remember um. Oh, I remember the first place I lived in England, mm. just so much memories, just so much memories. I've never been in a flat before, I've never been in a flat, like it was so small mm. and I've, I've just never experienced that and it was just me, my mum and my sister and it is so strange because that's, we, we we, haven't had that family dynamic in ages because mm. the three of us haven't been together mm. um, for a while and it was just oh my god it was just coming together in it and stepping into a supermarket i remember stepping in a supermarket because it's like oh we got to get food and it's oh my god in jamaica when we go to supermarket we buy things in bulk so, you know, it's costco when we go to costco we buy it in bulk we don't go in a supermarket and you see magazines and what chewing gum by the car it's like what the hell is this oh, okay what is this but no it moving I guess it was taken in the sights, I think that's always the one thing you remember about moving to a place, it's, it's driving through the neighbourhoods and just taking in the sights and just feeling as though, for one I never saw the beach, Like I was like where's your ocean? <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> where's the ocean? Like, yeah. I know I didn't grow oh up around a god. beach because I was in the girl but at least if we were driving that <laughs> long 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 destination like we'll see a beach where' island like
0: the UK Jesus,
1: has a beach like, where's the beach oh, okay god. um moving on to schools oh my god France. um I wasn't told much about Frank you know I was I honestly wasn't told much about France. But my mom said it was the closest school to us, which was very true. Honestly, it was very very true So we used to just walk up the road in mm-hmm. to school Well, I remember starting school. Jesus Christ. I remember starting school and you find out Oh, there's a new Jamaican kid everybody was so fascinated about the accent. But one thing I remember specifically uh, one of the first classes I had I don't remember what class it was, but they started singing Bam Marley, right? Oh, my God. And it's like, people didn't know the lyrics, so they turned and looked at me, and they were like, oh, they are just trying to mouth what I'm mouthing, right? Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, if only they knew, like, I don't sit down and listen to Bam Marley, so I don't oh <laughs> really God. know, I only know the main bits. And it's one of them things where, oh, my God, you find out how much of a, um, not even role model, that's the, wrong, that's the wrong term to use, but how much of an example you are just being... An exception, do you oh, know what I mean? wow, that's yeah. really insightful, Listen, yeah. Listen, heavy burden on my shoulders, mate. No oh, lie. Damn.
0: No lie. These are some real gems that have been dropped. Right oh, now. my
1: God. You mentioned Saad, right? Saad Khan, yeah. Me and Saad wasn't close um, back in primary school. I know we were close in high school, but we weren't close in primary school. But his cousin, Faraz, and I tell you, Faraz was like one of the first person I came across in primary school. And he was an awesome person. Awesome, mm-hmm. like real, accepting real cool. And I remember he came up to me once with a bunch of people, and they were trying to, um, they were like, oh, they were talking to me, and I said something like, oh, it's in the air. Right or something like that, and they're like hair. What? What hair? Do you mean the one on your head? Or what do you mean? <laughs> And I was like, no, eh. And I started moving my underarm, and, and they were hey, like, they breathe. were like, oh, eh. Yeah. And that's how I learned to pronounce was like eh. And I was like tree because in Jamaica it one, two, three, yeah. right? You don't say three. Oh. And everybody, oh my god, you learn that as well. You learn everything so quick when I so many people are say. teasing you and it. But no, they were real nice because it wasn't like teasing, teasing. It was, um, you know, let's have jokes. But eventually I learned that Friant is... Listen, it wasn't jokes, mate. fryant was just a school of war. And you think I'll be prepared for it moving from Jamaica, but no, I just... You don't know what to expect when you move to a new country, especially being a kid. You just naturally assume it's going to be cool, isn't it? Um.
0: Tell me... Yeah, so, yeah, let's let's dig into that, because, you know, I, I remember, you know people from Fryant. they were definitely different from the other primary schools um, we'll move into how we met at, at high school but before that I want to I want a bit of context of what Fryan was like because people were talking about fights all the time people, people were talking about bullying people were talking about this elusive character called Cully, who I've only seen and heard of um, but never really spoken to so yeah so tell me what was so bad about Fryant or maybe scary
1: you know what it is with Frank, if I'm honest, wholeheartedly honest, is um, when it comes to Frank, Frank surprised me because like I said, even though I grew up in the ghetto, I didn't go to school in the ghetto. Mm. You went so to a nice school. I went to a, a sort of slightly nice school, yeah. yeah. So when we had arguments, it was just like arguments, it It wasn't, um... <sighs> Frying was fights every day. Mm-hmm. Like I think, if I didn't use the two words, eh, two words. If I didn't use the one word every day, it would be, it would be an understatement, man. It was fights every day. Those people were, those people are cruel. They were mm-hmm. so cruel, and it's it's one of those things where by, you're not even worried if it's if you're gonna be in a fight that day. Mm-hmm. You just expect to fight and you just have to be ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know why frying kids were so angry. We were so angry. But the thing I loved about it is, and it took me a while to realize, we were very, um, we were individuals, innit? we had so much different personalities, mm. and we just, it wasn't like those schools you see on TV where it's like kids are, are scared to to be themselves, it's like, okay, I'm going to say what I want, I'm going to do what I want, I'm just going to, and if you got a problem, you throw the first punch, I throw the first punch, nobody cares, like, mm. let's just, and I think that's what boiled, that was just—it was just—we were boiling. We yeah. were all just at boiling point. Every day we came in, we were just at boiling That's point. Right. I think fight was—it was a good school. It was just—I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what went wrong because <laughs> there were some great characters there. Mm. You met a lot of us. We were we met great. Of you, man. Oh my God! Right. Oh, oh, great characters. <laughs> it's just mad. Sometimes it was just mad. I don't know. What's you mean? would think we were like. 12 or 13 The way we fought a lot But we fought a lot I mean
0: Yeah I, Like le- Well let's start with one thing Characters Characters A lot of the people I remember from, from high school Who were characters All went to your primary school Let's start with that So I, I And a lot of the people That got involved in fights Were also from oh your primary God. school so <laughs> And a lot of people sweet. That got suspended Were also from Fryant. Oh. It was like a It was, it was like a cyclical thing um, well, I never thought of that. so it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, there were great people from fine yeah, yeah. as well. Um, okay, so I understand we're pacing through things quite quickly. Let's let's talk about let's talk about high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to uh, before before we get to how we met, and we will get there. Mm-hmm. I want to know. In the in what what was your exception when you knew you'd been accepted to Kingsbury High? What were your expectations? What were your feelings? Were you scared? Were you apprehensive? What 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 were you going? What was going through your mind when you were um you know eleven or twelve, and you knew that you were now going to be going to this big high school in Kingsbury?
1: You know what? It, um, when it comes to Kingsbury High, right? Um, I was already in England for what two years. And you have to keep in mind, when I first moved here, all I knew was Kingsbury. Mm. Like, two years later, all I knew was Kingsbury. That's that's all I knew in London. Mm. So when I found out I'm going Kingsbury High, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm still going to be in the neighbourhood. Nice. I'm still going to know my faces. Nice. It's I don't have to worry about, you know, leaving the neighbourhood or going places I don't know. I've seen different faces. I wasn't even thinking about the new faces I would come across. I would honestly just think, oh, this is where I grew up, it? Because... When you move to a new country you, you, regardless of whether you're from that new country if you if you settle in that area, you sort of feel like um this is my place this is my place like this is where I belong. like right now I feel so northwest like no matter <laughs> where I go no, <laughs> even, when, even when I go to Jamaica I'm like I'm so northwest like yes. I'm so northwest you feel so. You feel, you feel as though you belong mm. Because you spent so long in the area And when I found out I was going to Kingsbury I'm not going to lie, I didn't know much about the high school mm. But I knew the area And I thought, you know I grew up in like I will make it It's not yeah. a problem It's yeah. not a problem, innit? I don't know That's that's kind of funny you said that Okay.
0: I'm going to give you a quick version Of how we first met mm-hmm. And then I want to hear your version Oh my
1: god, your stories are so crazy So
0: maybe maybe I'm a bit harsh in my story. I don't think harsh actually. I I think it maybe makes paints you in a bad light. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, If you hear any pouring, that's tea. Um, Akio loves a good copper. So yeah, so he loves it, mate. He absolutely loves it. Um, Yeah, I got to be careful with this podcast not to make too many accents because people are gonna start saying, "Oh, you're racist." And I'll be like, "Oh, please, reporting live. Calm down, guys." Um, <laughs> yeah, so the way the way I see how we first met was I remember being in high school My um, shirt tucked in Little tie Curly hair Very enthusiastic Very friendly with everyone um, Sort of guy that talks to everyone So there was this guy called Akil Hello. Sitting next to me And I said to him at one point I said, excuse me, do you have a pen? Because we were doing an exercise of of writing down all the numbers in the corridor. Because Kingsbury High, one thing, just to give people context, two thousand people went to this school. There were about three hundred plus people in each year, three hundred and sixty in each year. Uh, and so we're in year seven, and this place is huge for a, for an eleven-year-old. So I so I asked so I asked Keel, you know, to keep up the pace with this activity in class. I said, "Can we? Can I borrow your pen?" And he had like, uh, or oh it was a pencil. I think it was a pen. Had like a, a nice set of pens in this, in this, uh, in this, uh, in this see through um pencil case, and he said no. And I, and I was a bit shocked with that response, so I said, Why? And he said, Because it's my cousin's, it's my cousin Chantel's. Chantel was a celebrity at this point because he referenced her uh, pretty much everything. It could have been raining, and he said, You know, my cousin Chantel said it's going to rain today, but the relevance of chantel being his cousin in the rain i don't know but he referenced chantel everywhere and all the time so yeah the first conversation i had with him was a bit of a rejection to be honest i asked him for a pen which he clearly had and to his defense yeah they were his cousins um and i'm going to listen to his version about that first conversation and then we'll move on from there about how we actually became friends
1: in england right yeah. No matter where you go, south, north, east, it yeah. don't no matter. You can never trust a man with your pen. <laughs> you can never trust a man with your pen. Okay, if you give it enough. to him, you will never get it back. To isn't? be
0: honest, a man like me takes plenty of pen. <laughs> <laughs> Still yeah, do.
1: That first time we met. Oh my god! I remember the first time you told that mo- that story. I thought you were so cruel, That's but true. you made me sound so frightened, blooded. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, I'm just coming from fire, I don't trust nobody. I don't care for anyone, etc. etc. But no, nah, you know what? Ma, to this day, I still don't remember that story. What? Not until you told it. Like Sorry. I was so shocked. But then again, I remember being so rude in year mm. seven that, that I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm I, not surprised. I,
0: like the funny thing is. I don't know I wouldn't The thing is I wouldn't say you're rude I know you got in trouble a lot In the beginning oh, A lot of A lot of report cards A lot of r- Getting sent out There was a boy called Ben Who you befriended earlier In the in the. Uh, you and Ben have a very complex relationship
1: complex.
0: Um Ben's a dad now Full disclosure Congrats Yeah congrats Ben If you're listening to this Very unlikely um, <laughs> So Yeah so Yeah so in that how did we actually become friends like forget that incident that was early on w- first week like how when was in your mind when was the first time that we actually started um speaking and getting to know each other as friends like how did that relationship build in year seven
1: you know what Ma, if i'm honest i don't remember the exact moment because the thing about it i always felt like um I don't know if it's just the feeling now, or if I always felt that way, but I always felt like it was fate. Mm. Always felt like it was fate, because one, I always thought you were smart, mm. ambitious. I don't know if you, you felt like you were ambitious in year seven, but you were always so ambitious because you were so outspoken. I love outspoken people, because mm. like I said in Frank, I think that was the thing with us. We all had that personality whereby we, we didn't care, we just said what was on our mind. Mm. And with you, that was the case. But you were, um oh, my God. I remember you were such a different character. Mm. Not to know. I mean, you were different than the characters I was used to coming across. Like, in Friant, you mean? Overall, generally. in life. Okay, like, like, in Kingsbury, overall. Okay. Because I wasn't used to, um, especially youngsters being so, I don't know if obedient is the word, mm. but so um, strict in their movement. Mm. As in, um, they're so they abide by the rules basically Mm -hmm. they just super abide by the rules and you can see in the way you dressed as well like jesus i was like who still has their shirt tucked in like why is this man's shirt tucked in blazing down he's tied up -hmm. his tie was up Mm -hmm. i was like jesus you made me seem so rough i was thinking (laughs) okay Mohammed's going to be That rich man in life And I'm going to be I'm going to be the one Calling him up Like Mohammed I'm still your rundown friend (laughs) Isn't it But no Honestly I feel like What made us super bundle Was um, Oh it was The table tennis sessions Mm. I honestly Mm. think That's where That's What took us Mm -hmm. I think that's what Took us overboard Isn't it But no I think um, You know what it was As well I don't know if you felt the same But I felt a degree of um respect for you. Mm. I know lie, I felt a degree of respect, and I remember when I met your dad as well. I thought, oh Jesus, this explains a lot. Mm, like this explains a lot. Like your dad, you. I saw a lot of you and your da- or dad. dad, your dad, in you. I should say. Or me and my dad. Same thing. Yeah, yeah same yeah, thing. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I get that. Yeah, and um. Oh. I think that took it over the edge as well because it was like okay I see where this guy is coming from because okay. I think at that point we were already um close we were already close and I met your dad at, at parents even oh really I did I did I did I met your dad sense. at parents even and I thought okay I see I see where this guy got his upstanding okay. attitude from yeah. like yeah, yeah it yeah. was cool and your dad is um oh god I think the same way I felt for you when I first came across you the same way I felt when I first met your dad, as in the degree yeah. of respect was there yeah. automatically. It was like, okay, I see this character yeah. now. Interesting. I see this character. Yeah, it's, it's good. You feel different things when you come across different people. Mm. But you, I remember when I was younger, I thought, oh, my God, like this guy is one of them guys where um, their look is going to take them far in life. Mm. Like they have their look and it's one of them things you can't underestimate them because you know the mind follows. Mm. Does that make sense? Okay. Like they're smarts, you can tell they have smarts, mm. and it's one of them things. It's, we all know you get judged by the way you dress, Isn't it That's true. That's true. But with you, it's like okay, appearance wise, yeah. you pull it off, and then your your mind follows. Like you have that. Mm. Mm. Yum,
0: you're smart. That is really interesting. You know
1: this. This has been. This has been. Forget
0: the podcast for a second. This has been educational. You're
1: welcome.
0: This later. has been. This has been good. I've it's I've good, learned some after things.
1: After
0: yeah, and and <laughs> I, I would say in most friendships, but the thing is, you don't. Um, well, we've had deep chats before, but I think you don't have the 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 kind of interview style format of me of me sitting down and saying, "All right, where did it all begin, Akil?" and tell me about <laughs> Bay Farm in, in Kingston. But I'm I'm learning a lot today. Um, all right, okay. So, tell me. Hmm, I'm I'm thinking, if if I split this split what we have so well what i'm gonna do i'm gonna park this oh. just sit. right mate we're back for a tea break with a keel a keel here um all right so i kind of want to edge we spoke briefly about your life in jamaica moving to the uk how we became friends first impressions of being friends and we're gonna we're gonna etch further into your 20s um but before then I want to speak about who do you think you are now, as just as a person, compared to who you were from the ages of eleven to eighteen. I know that's not an easy question, but if you were to summarize in a line or two, who is Akil Hay today versus who Akil Hay was during that period of growth?
1: Oh wow. Um, Damn, that's a good question No, that's a really good question uh, You know what, from 11 Oh my god, to 18 Jesus You know oh, I think they're they're too oh, I've been through so much in my teen years that I feel like it's just I feel like 50 different characters in, Throughout that 8 year um, I would say from At age 11 you know, you get that new beginning. Like you're ending, you are come. You're ending something great, which was primary school, and you're going into high school. And it's so strange because when it, when you're going into high school, you don't really, you don't really feel as though um, anything's gonna hold you back. You know, you're on the verge of something new, and you don't. Even though you don't want to start it, start it because you're unfamiliar with what's coming. Mm. You really want to start it because. That's a new beginning. Do you mm. feel what I'm saying? And it's growth. Like I feel like when you're a kid, you always feel like, oh, I want to be older. I want to be older. I want to be older. You want to grow up quickly, Great. too quickly. But my mom, I remember one of one of the things my mom said to me when I was very very young was, um, I'm gonna blink and all these years are gonna um fly by and you're, I'm gonna wonder where all these years fly by. Mm. And I'm go- I was like, um, mom, that's that's not gonna happen. Like we're gonna stay young for a while, Isn't it? And I remember growing up that always sat with me and so I always felt like every day every day was important. Like just every day was important and I feel like no matter what life was throwing at me, it was like you have to be resilient. Do you mm. get what I mean? The importance and, of resilience. But you have to embrace new beginnings. Like you can't be you can't shy away from new beginnings. And so when I was eleven and I was starting high school it was like like i said i had that frightened mentality like oh nobody's gonna hold me down like i'm i'm gonna s- still speak my mind i'm still gonna do this mm. and age 12 it continued the same way mm. 13 age 12 was actually surprising because i was leaving kingsbury i was moving out of kingsbury and that was that was big mm. that was big and i remember making that move and it was like oh jesus like another beginning mm. but by the time i reached 18 by the time I reached 18, it was very strange because I was living alone. I didn't have my mom and my sister with me.
0: What happened to them? Why, why were you living alone? Oh, they really?
1: moved move countries. We made this, this decision to move, um, to separate. Mm. And it was very bizarre, but we we knew we had to because of um, certain reasons. Mm. But by the time I was 18, I was living alone, mm. applying for a bunch of jobs. Mm. I was going to college at the time. And I'm just I grew so much because by then I already lived in like five different neighborhoods. Damn. Yeah, I believe I I lived in like five different neighborhoods, and um I moved back to one of the neighborhoods at that point, but it was a different part of the neighborhood. Like I moved from north to south. Like I was living in South Kilburn before, and then I moved, forever um Central Kilburn and it was just even though it was the same place it, the atmosphere was different like, the atmosphere was really really different and i feel like um at that point when you're alone it, it's very strange because even though you were confident mm. you still feel as though you're finding your feet do you get what i mean mm. and so the easiest things could just um not even make you doubt yourself but make you feel as though um you don't know what direction you're going in Mm. even though you felt like you were focused all it takes is one day and it's like oh wait i'm alone Mm. and um i have so much i want to do but i'm not doing it and then a month pass and you're like wait a minute like i thought i was more focused than this etc etc at 18 i just didn't feel as though um or maybe that's a lie Maybe I felt like I was on top of the world Because when you're living alone For the first time You feel as though Damn I'm going to make big moves Nice Do you get know I me? Mean?
0: I I know I felt like that When I moved to uni So I oh can understand What you god,
1: mean Oh god yeah Yeah Honestly And I was so focused On just getting the best Out of college mm. I remember that much At 18 Whereas When I was 12 I wasn't focused On getting the best Out of high school I was just focused On getting to high school It was like Oh just Let's get this started And over and done with mm. Do you feel what I'm saying? I you It's the growth. I always think that's what's so amazing in life. No matter how old you get, you you see that growth. Mm. And mo, whatever I did at age twelve, I'll be disappointed if I I was the same person at age eighteen. Of course. So it was the growth. I was more amazed by the growth than anything else.
0: How did you? um, How did you? How? Tell me. How do you navigate living alone? Like what? It's one thing to move away from home and live in a house with other students, other people, flat share. It's another thing When the two closest people Your sister and your mum Who you've grown up with Through thick and thin In Jamaica and in the UK Move far away It's not like they're in Brussels or something It's not like they're in Brussels a bit of a weird place to choose But it's not like they're like next door They're in America The other side of the Atlantic And you're moving to five different neighbourhoods And you're literally living by yourself Like how mentally what were the struggles with that and how did you kind of stay upbeat and and i remember you telling me you speak to, you spoke to them quite frequently using uh, not skype but some sort of alternative so uh, tell, tell us more about that
1: you know what's bizarre um um i think that's when you're thankful for the small things Mm. and technology became a big thing around then Mm. it became this massive thing around then and it's so strange because i never had social media Mm. and i wasn't a fan of phones like i just wasn't a fan of phones Mm. so i didn't care much for using phones Mm. and i remember um when i was i actually started living alone when i was 17 and the strange thing is it wasn't alone because i couldn't afford to be living alone alone mm. so when my mom and my sister when we separated I was living with this couple at the time mm. and like I said I started college and I was trying to be um this this grown man in it mm. and um I think I think in the heart of it it's one of them things where you learn that every day you're gonna be finding yourself no matter how comfortable you get or how successful you feel you feel as though You'll forever be finding yourself. Mm. Do you get know what I mean? Mm, I get what you mean. And it's um, you sort of prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Because you feel like, okay, this is why a lot of people are greedy in this world mm. because they they never truly feel successful. That's so interesting. No matter how much you accomplish in this life, you always feel, and and that's where I figured out there's always a fine line between everything in this world because some would say you're greedy but at the end of the day it's because you achieve some people always want you to be ambitious when you have nothing right but when you gain less maybe for a better time i shouldn't use the word everything but when you gain more than you ever expected right all of a sudden they assume you wanting more is greed but it's actually not it's just ambition shouldn't come with a limit do you feel what I'm saying
0: yes I, I respect that so much
1: but I feel like the line should be drawn when you're hurting people like I, o- I always feel like that's where the line should be drawn if you're if you're ambitious in order to get further in life you have to be careful when it comes to hurting people like you shouldn't have to step on somebody to be successful and I feel like that's what I learned living alone because um a lot of things led to me living alone right
0: in terms of your sister and your, pet, yes, your and mom
1: pertaining yeah. to the decision we made to separate to begin with okay. but when it came to to um if if we not even digress but if we lean more towards your question in regards to communication mm. when it came to communicating with them i had to learn to be less like me i had to learn to embrace phones do you feel what i'm saying okay i had to learn to embrace phones because honestly i I never cared much for phones i never cared much for communication but because they were living in a different country it was like oh Mm. we have to we have to socialize more and my sister i've always been around my sister Mm. so uh, but you get a sense of freedom like oh i don't need to call you every day no we don't need to speak every day Mm. until you realize um that moms moms make a difference. Mm. Like, they always want to speak to you, and regardless of how you feel, oh you feel so bad if you don't speak it's to not them. Let's be real. It's you true, it's not, it's not an option. You pay the price later. You pay the price more. And so, um, oh, at the time, I didn't have fancy things like WhatsApp. Yeah. That's something I had to get. Cause mm. you need that free calls mm. not it? nobody got international yeah, yeah. minutes. Seventy nine p for a lifetime. Jesus, free call. amazing, amazing, but yeah. Um, eventually I became, um, I began social media, mm-hmm. getting into social media, and that helped as well. But I would, oh my god, that was a growth period as well, <sighs> innit? So that was, that was so a funny. growth period. I remember. Oh my god, maybe um, this is jumping the gun but i remember when it, my first social media experience one of my first ones was when i posted uh, my sister posted about my, my stepdad because he died like a year before i got social media okay. and i went ahead and i did something like i copied it i pasted it or something and you responded and you said you you're sorry to hear about my stepdad and it was so bizarre because at the time i thought i had to respond to you i was like mo like why are you in the chat? Because I didn't know. <laughs> I, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it was public.
0: Wait, let me just let's just let's just get this clear. Did you post that status on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, it was without Facebook. Knowing without knowing, it, it was a public. public
1: statement. I didn't know it's it was so a public true thing. True. I, I honestly, like I always felt like it's so bizarre. I feel like everybody. Anybody who knew me my first days, I remember when I first got social media, everybody was so surprised. They were like, Oh, we kill you on social media. Because I, I got it like way after everyone else. Mm. I, I got it way off And the only reason I even got it was because I went to America to visit my sister and my mom once. Mm. And it was after I was leaving high school. They made me promise that I would get social media to keep up with the high school mm. lot. And I was like, Oh my God, I never break a promise. So I got student. And I went and visited my sister and my mom for the summer holiday. And that was when I got it. Yeah, yeah. My sister set me up, but I didn't know the ins and outs of it. I didn't know what was public, what was private. I didn't know you. I thought you had to click a public button for it to be public. Ooh. I remember growing up in high school. Me and my sister. Um, my mom worked a lot, mm. so me and my sister, whenever we were coming home, sometimes we'll stop at um the internet cafe because mm. we didn't have internet at home, mm. and um. At the internet cafe, it would be one of them things whereby she would jump on her social media, and that was how I learned about social media. But I never had it. I didn't feel the need to have it. I don't know why you need people up in your life. I just Mm. didn't get the purpose of it. Mm. But I got emails. Mm. I got the email thing, and that was how the messenger thing came about. That was the first source of socialness I got into. But I loved it because, once again, that's why I thought everything was private until you made it public. You had to e- You had to tag people in things yeah, I sure. thought that was how it worked That's why when you responded For the first time on Facebook I was like Mo what are you doing you in the comments? I freaked out Because I'm not used to people Knowing things about me So it was like Oh You know what Where I did this come this. about
0: I, I was I was um
1: I was quite shocked actually
0: By the status Obviously It, it, it was sad And I you know, I wasn't aware of such a thing But I was shocked Because I was like Whoa Like Akil's A fairly Private person uh, and so this is a bit strange for him to put his fur Usually people's first status is, yo, holla at me. Mm. I'm on Facebook or I'm on on Facebook. or I'm on Instagram <laughs> or whatever, or, or be like a picture of something random. But the first status was heavy. I was like, wow, this guy, is he reaching out? I, like, is he just frustrated? Like what's going on? And then I was like, well, you should say something because that's serious. I mean, you didn't know about it. You should say something. I'll, I'll, I I want to quickly um again. There's a lot of fast forwarding in, in this in this mock interview, and what I will do is I'll probably chop m- bits from here that were really good and stick them into the next interview we do. So I'll edit it together. I want to talk about I want to talk about university for a bit. I want to talk about the successes and failures of university, and I want to talk about the str- how you handle the stresses of academic life. How you handle the stress o- stresses of making new friends. Any people that you consider, you know, friends for life, the crew that you met met and made at uni, if you're still in contact with them, and we will take it from there. So just tell me what what life was like as a business management student at Brunel, um, and also tell me what life was like in terms of just just making friends and managing stress in terms of handing in coursework and doing exams and all of that stuff.
1: Mo, when it comes to university, um, you know what, let me be honest with you, Uh, growing up in Jamaica, right, you don't really, like I said, you're oblivious to a lot of things, Mm. so I didn't really realise how much of an anomaly I was, if I'm honest. Mm. In Jamaica, I grew up on this show called Dawson Creek, and I always mention Dawson Creek because it was such a big part of my life. Growing up on Dawson Creek, it was so different because it was these small town white kids, right? Mm. And they were, um, they had so much going on. Like they were just so, they were so different from each other. But it was about their growth. Like they were just, they were fifteen. It started off with them being fifteen, mm. and they were just growing, and they grew into university, and it, it showed how much their life changed and how much each of them was battling, with and how much they helped each other. Mm. And I remember their university stage, right, when they went to uni. I remember how much I changed from them being in high school mm. but I remember how little of it was about academics and how much of it related to their social battles mm. and and so it was it was crazy because growing up going into uni I was conscious of that I thought oh um, I'm going for my grade, like, that's that's my main purpose, I'm going for my grade, but at the same time, I had to be aware of uh, the social aspects of things, and how much is going to come from that, and how unex- unprepared I was going to be, because I feel like, despite your college experience, or your high school experience, I feel like university is always, people Go on t- Their longest friends Always come from Their university experience That's just my personal opi- no, Opinion so There's truth in that Yeah and That's just my personal opinion And I always thought You know Oh my god Like Is that gonna be the case For me Because it It, it could just Not be the case Like uni's so Large It's like you can get lost mm. You can get lost But I just didn't wanna lose The main focus of Getting my grades Cause mm. that was the main point Of going there mm. And I remember Um When I was when i first started high school i was what well, i was 11 going on 12 i was like a couple of days from turning 12 mm. i remember it was i was either 12 or 13 and they took me to this university called Brunel. I as, you, Action mm-hmm. Jackson. we did go together mm. and it was our first trip to a university right because they wanted us to feel how it will be in uni as um from an early age mm. and it was so bizarre because even that i felt like it, it it was just like a trip to us, just a common trip. You you'll never get that experience because we didn't get to go to a lecture mm. or anything like that. Do you feel what I'm saying? It was it was more like oh, view the university. Oh, sit down, listen to a, a um um a motivational speech. It was more like that. Do you feel what I'm saying? I understand, yeah. And um, I remember thinking to myself, oh my god, I'm coming to this <laughs> university. Like I'm gonna come to this <laughs> university. And then fast track what, six years later or something like that? Fast track like six years later. I'm applying for university and I remember somebody said to me, Oh my God, like why are you applying for these universities? Like have you not seen your high school grades? Like you can get into great university mm-hmm. and I remember I said to the person, Okay, you go ahead and choose my university then mm-hmm. my my lineup for universities because we had five choices. You go up and choose um my universities, but I'm telling you, Brunel has to be one of them.
0: Mm. And Brunel is a good uni. Mm-hmm.
1: And that person kept Brunel on it. And I felt so biased choosing Brunel in the end. Mm. But when I first went to university, it was one of them things where, um as always, I'm the latest person. So, oh my God, I ran to the lectures because I was living on campus. And uh, I ran to the lectures and I was just the last person in the lecture and I remember trying to find a seat and the moment I, I sat down, I was there mm. listening and I was just hoping um, that I didn't miss anything important mm. and that they didn't get to the main points of how am I, how am I gonna get my credits for this for these courses Like I just wanted to I just wanted to focus on the grades. Mm. And I think that's the, the good thing when starting university it's a fallacy. What's the fallacy About uni experience? The fallacy Mo, Is thinking That you Can focus On Your grades like Just academics only Just academics only I think that's always Going to be a fallacy mm. you, No matter how um, Shy Or socially awkward You are mm. It's never going to be The case It's never going to be The case I feel like you always Come across somebody Who you bond with mm. As for my crew In university Jesus There was like Six of us Three boys Three girls and I guess just different personalities once again, innit? But we we grew to get along. Do I keep in contact with any of them? You know what's strange? They introduced me to other people, and I'm more in contact with other people as they introduced right, me, t- <laughs> t- me. Tell me, oh. tell
0: me, tell me about um. Tell me about those other people. Before you tell me about those other people, tell me about your uni sis. Oh yeah. The the uh that girl, the one that le- was learning French and Spanish influence on you, your relationship with her up to today, and then you can then tell me more about the other people they've introduced you to and uh, the impact those people have had on your life.
1: Mo, my uni sister's boss. I think she's going to love this conversation because she, she's in it, isn't it? Um, no, I love her to bits. I met her... Oh my God. I met her through some other people at uni and she became part of the six of us, in it? Um, but she is one of those people that think they're socially awkward mm. and get nervous and all type of things but nah, she's just she's somebody who cracks these um weird jokes I love I love her to bits um, I think the thing with w- her is mo she's very educated mm-hmm. she's very educated and so she underestimates how much how um smart she is mm-hmm. she really does she knows a bunch of languages. <laughs> she's really smart. She said um, a lot of them came from her sitting down and watching soap operas in other languages nice. Yeah, like she'll learn the basics of the language and then she sits down and watch soap operas and it just grew on her mm. Like it just grew on her. So I believe she knows Turkish, she knows, definitely knows yeah. French, Spanish um, Arabic, Urdu Nice, yeah, wow, yeah. these are all quite difficult languages Yeah, yeah, massively difficult But she's awesome. At oh yeah, and last time I checked she was learning Russian I, I don't know if she stopped um, Russian-wise. I don't know if she stopped um, learning Russian. But, oh, mate. She's just, she's brilliant. Mm. She's brilliant. Last time I met up with her was actually for her birthday, so it's mm. long overdue now. Mm. Cause she's a naked, isn't it? But, no, I love her, Mo. Wow. She's honestly awesome. I think we started calling each other brother and sister just out of... Out um, of love. You know what, Mo? Maybe that too. Yeah. But it was it was like an accident at the start it, and then people just started believing that we were related. Two oh, so different skin colors. One time we were like we we're twins, and somebody was like, "Really?"
0: Oh, they t- mistook. Mystic- be you be literally. honest.
1: Yeah, and we were like, "You believe that um, albino kids can come <laughs> for, But you don't believe we're brothers and sisters. Like, I'm offended. And oh, oh just that just that's stretch. But no, I love her to bits, Mo. I really do. Mm. I think she's she's one of them people that um. Oh, my God! There's still a rare character mm. i I could tell you a bunch of things, but we will just leave it as she's a rare character. Mm. She's very rare and uh, honestly, I feel like um she's gonna receive the the very best in life. She just has to keep believing in herself and mm.
0: let me ask you
1: um again again,
0: fast forwarding again yeah. um okay let's let's talk about something a bit uh a bit a bit different so. By the way, you, uh, I'm uh, one. One of my favorite memories with you is um, finishing y- uni, and uh, I'm moving out of my house in Brighton.
1: Brighton.
0: and Nabil is dropping me, and you're helping me move out third year. Mm-hmm. Nabil is. We well, can I have a pod, an entire podcast on just Nabil. He's a He's a he's but a he's a character but in himself. Much. He is a real character, a really good friend of mine as well. Uh and I remember me, you, Nabil, and two of my housemates at the time, Anusha and Saraya, and Anousha's ex-boyfriend who was her boyfriend at the time, all went to the seafront and we had such such a good time. Such a good time. Um and I remember you visited me while I was living in Brighton again in my second year. And again such a good time um, so the reason I bring up Brighton is because I feel like it was at a stage in our relationship where we we're getting to know each other a bit better um, and not long after that maybe the timing you told me that um, you were you're basically interesting guys and you but i don't know i don't know about the timing if it was before that trip or after that trip but it was somewhere around that time it was in london wembley park tube station Jesus. we don't have to get into the weeds of it <laughs> um but y- you were very worried about what my reaction was going to be maybe not worried but you know you didn't you didn't know what my reaction was going to be and obviously my reaction was cool so what um but yeah i i kind of want to go into that a little bit not too much but just um when did you when did you um kind of when did you when did you first know and um and and have you told how like have you told your family since have you told your friends since is it is it still a a slightly awkward thing to talk about um and yeah i mean take it i mean we completely swerve this topic if you want to up to
1: you mo (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna pass on this topic Okay No I'm kidding Oh come on You should know me better You can if you want No no to, I would completely Oh come you. on Definitely it's not a deep chat No it's cool um, Oh my god You know what Mo I'm gonna be super duper 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 honest Um, When I first decided to do the whole uh, coming out thing Yeah I remember Coming up with my top five people to tell Okay Yeah yeah um it, it wasn't even it was so strange it was honestly it was more a top 6 okay. and i remember you were on the list okay. and um i felt so disappointed i felt so disappointed because um for some reason i felt really um bizarre telling you okay. i felt very strange and i i remember i held off on it I held off on it Because I, honestly I was supposed to do it when, One time when I visited You in Brighton and I didn't And I remember I, I just At the time I don't know if it was nerves Or if it was um, One of them things Where it was like Oh I didn't want to spoil the trip And I remember saying I would leave it until the very end And I think that's one thing When you keep putting something off It's like You, you tell yourself Oh it's never the right moment It's never the right moment It's never the right moment I think um, When we were in Wembley that day And, um, it was time to tell you, you know what, Mo? (sighs) Some people think it's harder harder to tell boys than than girls. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Because you you, you get that feeling where it's like, oh, would they think there was a point in time that you actually felt that way for them? Mm. Do you feel what I'm saying? Mm. And, um... Did I think you would ask that? No, my main concern with you, I remember, my main concern with you is actually, which was why I didn't actually held off on telling you, was actually the question that you just asked. Which
0: was what, how long have you known, or
1: who uh, who else have you told? No, actually, no, I thought you were gonna ask me when did I first realize. Okay. And I knew I wasn't gonna lie to you, and that's why I didn't want, I remember trying to ignore that question so specifically. Oh, um, Oh, Jesus. Um, but who have I told? I've told it's one of them things I don't shy away from. Mm. I don't shy away from if you ask me it just is what it is. you're gonna find out the truth. but if you um i I think you have to be careful when it comes to that question of who do you tell or who who do you admit it to because then I feel like if it's something you feel like you have to. Beat around the bush with, or is something you still have to be selective about telling people, then to some degree you are ashamed. Mm. That's just my personal opinion, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being ashamed of it because uh, the society you live in kind of makes it more difficult than it actually is. Does that make sense? Mm. And so, (laughs) to some degree, you just have to. uh, It's like I said earlier on in the podcast. You'll find out that no matter how successful you are, how many things you accomplish, every day you're fighting with yourself. Do you get what I mean? Right. Every day it's a fight with yourself just to be more like yourself. Mm. And I think that's one of the things the one of the hardest things you realise in this life that um honestly the way I look at it now, admitting that should be just as hard as admitting my love for tea. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's 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 commonplace. To me, it's it's like you like what you like, you love what yes. you love, you are who you, you are. So don't put so much emphasis on it or don't put, don't make it a burden if it doesn't need to be a burden. Mm. Mo, I've honestly, honestly, I've struggled with God knows what in this life, right? Mm. But one of the things I honestly didn't struggle with was that. Mm. It, it's very bizarre. I think the hardest experience I've had when it comes to that was actually telling people. Because I've never, I never had to struggle with it um, internally. It wasn't a battle for me mm. personally. It was just like, oh, I am who I am. We're mm. ask you a good question. Um, that
0: was that. W- thanks for that. That thanks for sharing. I know that's that's difficult.
1: Yeah, I'm ignore the of when, like, first.
0: No, no, we won't get we won't get into that. But I think. You know, another f- very good friend of mine, uh, Petros, um, Petros, also had this issue. Um, very similar circumstances as well. I think, ooh, the mic came slightly loose. So what I'll need to do is tighten it quickly. Uh, oh, just also, uh, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll pull it. Technical issues. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll pull it out in a minute. I think. Yeah, so I remember... Okay, here's here's something interesting about that. So you tell me about this. This bit, bit of time goes by. We don't really discuss it much. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a... Okay, so there's two things I really want. I, want. I wanted to discuss this, but I also want to discuss you moving to the US. And I think these two things overlap. So at one point in time, I'm working in uh, a, an American law firm. I'm being... You know, really worked hard like a dog, and I'm pretty much living at this law firm. I remember we had a Skype conversation. I was sitting on the seventh floor, we had a Skype conversation. That was when you were in the US. Before you went to the US, um, there's a point where we met up in Piccadilly, and I encouraged you to buy your ticket Mm -hmm. because you'd always want to go to the US. And I said, Listen, you'll never go until you buy your ticket. And you buy your ticket, and then you tell me two weeks later, you, you, or you tell me, oh, by the way, Mo, I've bought my ticket. And I'm like, great. I'm like, when are you leaving? Goes, oh, I'm leaving in a week. And I was like, shit. I didn't think he think he would buy a ticket so soon. Yeah. I've pushed him over the edge, but I'm glad. I'm happy for him. And so I said to you during this conversation, uh, amongst lots of other things, I said to you, when you move to Florida, you should really make an effort to date
1: yeah.
0: and kind of enter that world. Because yeah. another... That the other good friend of mine, Petrus, who I was speaking about, um, he wanted to now uh, kind of get some experience in terms of dating and navigating that world, which is which is in some ways very similar to but very different to the so-called straight world. So I kind of want to get an insight fr- from you in terms of, uh, we'll come back to what moving to the U.S. was like, but just your first experiences with dating Uh, Are there any differences navigating that that world? And yeah, I'll leave it to you to kind of open that that um, that box up.
1: You know what, Mark? Um, first of all, Mark, you know, forgive me, right? Because I I feel like um, I feel like I didn't. I feel like I missed out something a while ago when it came to Brighton, right? First of all, thanks for mentioning Brighton because I had an awesome time. Thanks yes, for inviting me. Sick. I love I loved Brighton. I, I love, love Brighton. Honestly. Um and because of you, I, I still want to go back to Brighton like a million more times. Mm. So I love Brighton. Your people are really nice. Like all your friends are really nice. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're still in touch with all of them.
0: Anusha and Tareem, they're like they're like yeah, they're like sisters. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Honestly, they're
1: great personalities. They love you as well. Oh no, must they be were, said. They were they, awesome. they ask
0: about you all the time. Were were awesome. awesome.
1: Honestly, if you want to set up a meet, feel free.
0: Notting Hill Carnival 2025. Oh really? Yeah. Yep, serious. Jesus. Go
1: okay i was I, I was telling people I don't want to go abroad that weekend because I'm supposed to be in corn- carnival so yeah, I'll do it I'm I'll going do it this year so I'll do yeah. it no, no I don't right. know what I'm gonna wear
0: but I'm going <laughs> this year
1: um and and one more thing um when it came to telling you mo, I think the hardest thing was um it's one of them things I say to my sister a lot when it comes to family mm. right I've never had a brother mm. right. And I always felt like you, you're my brother. Mm. And um, it, it's strange because it was, it's one of them things where it plays on your mind, like would you lose that? Like, would you lose that closeness? Would you lose that relationship? Mm. Like it's always, um, it's, it's always one of them thoughts, isn't it? Mm. And it's like, oh, are you gonna jeopardize? Is this small thing gonna jeopardize that? Uh, you, you have to really think about it. Cause um, Mo, we've been coming a long way. Like we've been coming mm. a long, 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 long way. And honestly To still have this relationship Was just awesome So when it came Because if you think about it I think it was last year Wasn't it last year That I, I um, That I That um, I told you I think it was more than
0: last year Was actually. it more than last year Yeah um, Because to give some context
1: Yeah no, sorry. No, you are honestly right. Oh yeah. Jesus, God, my memory year. is crap. No, yeah, because crap. it was before I moved to America. It was before you moved to America, yeah, and I also when no, I was no, working. You're right. this it was like three years ago. Close to, Damn. yeah, maybe not that
0: much, but close to, because when I was working at this American firm, mm. that was Octo- I started working from October 2016. Okay, there you go. So,
1: and I think you told me a bit before then. Definitely, because I moved. Didn't I move to America? Actually, Mo, I did. I told you long before that because I moved to America in March. March of when? Twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, so it's cu- it's three years. Oh, yeah, coming yeah. on three years. Honestly. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, to touch on your actual question for now. Oh my God, I drifted back so far. No, it's fine. I can't remember your actual question.
0: My yeah. So my question was. My question was, my advice to you when you first go is to go on a date to navigate that. What was the first date like, and how did you navigate that world now that you kind of jumped into it while you were in Florida?
1: Oh, sorry, mate. Um, Oh, you know what? I remember I was living in Florida for a little while before I went on my first official date. And um, it was with this guy. He was awesome. But it's one of them things whereby... Oh, he told me that he's gonna move to California, mm. so I knew nothing was gonna happen, which mm. made me want to date even more. Like made me want to go on a date even more because mm. I knew there wasn't any expectation there. I just wanted to experience the dating. Interesting. I just wanted to experience a date, and um, it was great. We went to a cheese place. Which what was it cheese it's, another no, cheese actually, place no actually it was Olive Garden oh which my God. I love Olive Garden because okay. they will bring that cheese around right and they'll be <laughs> like can you tell listen if you meet anybody I knew in America that I hang around with they can tell you when those people come to my table and they say "Um, tell me when to stop gratering this cheese everybody says the same thing there's no point giving him the option because you'll be here gratering the entire night I've got memes oh sent to God. me that says "Um, with Olive Garden memes like oh um Tell me when to stop mm. And then um, The meme at the bottom would say, We all die from cheese Because <laughs> <laughs> We all die from Suffocation and cheese Because cheese fills the room Interesting I love my cheese but, but I remember We went to Olive Gardens Which was awesome We sat there We talked I remember Thinking Oh my god Like it's awesome That he's so open Because um, He Was a very social person And he was in this This like Black men Society group mm. But he was Latino mixed with black mm. And It was interesting Because he bought He bought uh, He told me When his family First moved to America Sorry I felt like I was getting low A while ago When his That's family cool. First moved to America And he told me um About Them being immigrants When they first moved And he was um, Put in like I don't know If you want to call it A hostel mm. Or Some type of Refugee environment And how his mom Fought for him and his um, brother and whatnot, and I thought it was so good to be so open, mm. right? And it was it was just a lot of conversation. It was a lot of um, it, it was sweet. Right, the mm. first date was sweet. It was really nice. Mm. I picked him up at his. He, mm. he, he was close to the restaurant, so it was good. Mm. It was just it was just a sweet intro. Wow. To life, on that end of the spectrum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. You
0: know, I think, I think we could, we could go, we could go deep. I think what we'll do is we'll, in terms of the dating and what you've come to expect and how far you've come on that journey, which is a lot further than when you were, when you were when the beginning, we can include that in part two. Um, I'm just going to quickly take a pause. One real quick, one, one, one second. Reporting live. I'm one here. Two, one, four, I'm here one, with Akila. Huh? So we're going, we're going to go to part three. Sorry, that was my, uh alias <laughs> uh <laughs> i always bring up mr reporting life alias. baby oil um so you know i want to quickly talk about as i was saying just now america You moved to america i want to talk about your acting i want to talk about your music and i want to talk about your obsession with cheese which i only found about Today, I can't believe I've known you for all these years.
1: You are lying in your We've known each
0: other, just let's give some context here. We've known each other for 14 years. That makes us feel old. That makes me feel old. 14 <laughs> coming up for 15 oh. years. That's, That's a true. long time. That's a long time. That's some shit that your parents say. I've known this guy for fifteen, fourteen to fifteen years. That's a long time. I don't have many friendships that have survived that long. Not gonna lie.
1: Oh, lie. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the, you're one of the few. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I, I've, I've, I've got friends. That I've like maybe I've known, but the depth, mm-mm. the depth. Mm-mm. I wouldn't be able to do something like this with them, for example. Nice. Um, they kind of just fade away as acquaintances. But I'm glad we stayed friends until and and until this much all right so let's 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 rewind yeah. we're in piccadilly piccadilly we're having a subway sandwich
1: 20 something
0: in soho yeah, yeah. and you uh, y- y- this is part 2 so i tell you buy a ticket or not you buy a ticket yeah. you come round to my house we have a deep chat mm-hmm. and you're like by the way i'm moving to america i'm like when you're like oh like next week I'm like what the hell. And um you mo- you you moved to America in March 2015 from what you told me. 16, 16 sorry. Yeah. So can you just again put me in like what like what was going through your mind when you moved? What was your very first day in the US like? I know you've been to the US plenty of times before yeah. that. But what was your very first day in the U- US like? Who were you living with? What were, who were you staying with? And then I'll, I'll ask the
1: follow-up questions. I think if I'm honest, Mo, um, I think I made the decision long before we were in Piccadilly. It's just the decision to finally go ahead mm. and book the ticket. I think you pushed it over the edge. Mm. But the move, I meant to move a very long time ago i just i held off on it mm. because it didn't feel right mm. and then um then um i remember wanting to move in 2015 and just pack my bags and go because i i was going through so much mm. and um i thought you know it once again it didn't feel right like just because you want to do something doesn't mean you have to do it, or it doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. And running away has never been something I've been an advocate for. I always felt like, okay, you got to stick things out. And mm. like I said, it's all about resilience, isn't it? Mm. So, um, when it came to moving to America, if I was honest, I, I, I sat down and I thought about a plan. I said, um, i want to move in march because my sister i knew she was going to graduate like august Mm. and i said i want to spend six months with her first because i don't know what's going to happen i know she wanted to move back to england Mm. and i'm not i wasn't going to stay in england Mm. so i was like oh if i if i go out to america six months before she graduates, i'll spend six months with her Mm. and i can uh, in six months it'll be the two of us i can get on my feet and then after that i'll just I'll feel America out for myself and I'll thrive wherever I need to thrive mm. and it was about family as well I always feel like I do things for like my family it's always been about my family mm. so my plan was to go there and um, help my grandma mm. but I just wanted to spend that quality time with my sister first mm. and so when I moved when I moved I went there and I stayed with my sister and her roommates which were they were awesome like we we got into so much we got. She had two roommates, and first of all, shout out to to Danielle and Shaaneez because they um they were nice enough to let me stay in it. Mm. They were nice enough to let me stay, and they honestly treated me as though um I belonged there. Like it wasn't no, oh, you're just Anthony's brother that's staying. They were really nice to me, and actually, me and Shawnees she's. She's lovely. We made that plan to move to California come
0: 2019.
1: Mm. Yeah, because we thought it would be good for my acting and her to kick off her media career. Mm. Because she's very talented. She's just very talented. She has a YouTube channel. Y'all can check her out. It's Sharnice McFarden. um, S-H-A-U-N-I-C-E and McFarden, Mm M-C-F-A-D-E-N. She's awesome.com. Now, um... When it comes to when it comes to to moving there, you remember when I was saying when I moved to England it, it, when you're driving through a new area you, you get that vibe like do I belong here like mm. I, I don't feel like and you're just trying to take things in. When I first moved to America despite me knowing I was gonna spend time with my sister, I already had three things on my to-do list like straight away because I wanted to be smart about things. One was getting a bank account ASAP. two was getting a phone. It had to happen, and three was insurance because I know you, you don't thrive in America without insurance. Like you just, and so those are my three to do list. So I told myself in the first week I'm just gonna knock it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, I'm I'm not. Oh 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 lies! It was four things because I wanted a job as well, but I started calling jobs before I left England because I refused to go there and, and be searching for centuries. <gasps> And my luckily my job in england got taken over by an american company and so i looked into t- like transfers and stuff but at the same time they still I, they, they wouldn't just accept a straight transfer it had to be like re-interviews and and um drug tests and stuff which was cool the first week i went there i jumped straight on the phone thing can oh, we just
0: can i just
1: can yeah. i just settle the
0: point when you say um you're job was taken over do you mean boots were acquired by Walgreens yeah, yeah. so Walgreens
1: bought boots Walgreens bought boots I just wanted to clear that up okay. uh, yeah yeah. Walgreens bought boots I was working for boots here and um, Walgreens took them over in September 2015 okay which was awesome that was actually when I the, the, that was actually in the month I wanted to leave because I wanted to leave before my birthday just mm. move countries but like I said I held off on it because it just didn't it was just running away and it was a t- runaway tactics rather than a um, be smart tactic mm. and so um, I thought oh my god like oh I could I could get a transfer eventually when I thought about moving I thought oh why not get a transfer mm. right and then I could leave retail the moment I reach. I just need mm. to make sure I got income coming in the moment I reach. Because I was planning to honestly relax for the first six months. I didn't want to work too hard. I wanted to spend more time with my sister than actually work. Mm. And I thought because we were living together, I'll have, uh, get time to save up and then invest in my own place. Or I'll move and help my grandma out, etc., etc. No, um, when when it came to, to um, eventually moving, like I said, the first week I was there, I automatically went and looked about a phone. I bought a phone ASAP because I, I left with my like the salary I got that very month. Okay, I left with that. And you bought what was your first phone? Um, LG. Oh my god, it's actually this one. Oh you're my god, at it. you're looking at it. Yeah, is it, that your first phone? you got actually, it actually. Oh my That's god, nice I didn't first even remember. Phone. You see, I said LG and then remember this. Yeah, the LG yeah, phone. Crazy. Oh my god, time flies. It's I didn't even remember. And you know, Mo, growing up in England, I never took care of a phone. Oh yeah. I oh remember. my god, I, I was the worst that. when it came to phone. I'm surprised this one's still here. Yeah. It looks good, it looks in good oh condition. My it really mind. does, looks I'm not new. gonna lie. Oh, I'm very shocked. Yeah. Look at that crack. I dropped Sponsored it on Kingsbury's Kingsbury Step, I think. No recently. No, I think it was the last time I was around here and I visited you actually. Okay, okay. I was running for the damn train. Damn. <laughs> but yeah. but Mo, um Yeah, yeah, I got that phone, Mm. and um, Mm. right across the road from the phone shop, Mm. like five minutes walk was the bank, and Mm. I was dead determined to sign up and get a bank account. Mad one. Mm -hmm. I remember I I, I went to the, before I even went to the bank, I think this was the second day of moving there. The first day I went there, I went straight to the job, because I wanted to check it out. And I wanted to make sure um they saw my face. I wanted them to know like okay what do I do like you said I have to re interview. Can I do it right now et etc. Cetera, et cetera. I was just so ready to make sure the job was secured, and um they said yeah yeah let's do the re interview et etc. Cetera, et cetera. But they were like oh you gotta get a drug test. Okay. And I thought, just tell me where. Tell me where this drug (laughs) test. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Because they were like, oh, this is not where you get the drug test. Like you have to go to official clinic. Uh, I thought, okay, where's this clinic? Like, let me know right now. Mo, I jumped on that clinic ASAP. I went to the clinic, and I remember there was this lady there. She was very weird. Mm. Good weird. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Everybody's good weird in this world. Mm. Um, she was very uh, strange. But I think it's because she had a breakup. You can always tell, Mm. judging from what people say. But I was so nice to her, and I remember her looking at me, and she's like, "Um, I was telling her I'm getting this done for like a new job because I just moved to the country, etc., etc." And mm. she's like, "Because well, you're so nice, I'm gonna fast track it." Wow. But Walgreens already told me like, "Oh, you gotta wait like a full um, Month. no, like five working days oh, before okay. before the test even comes back to us, and etc., etc. Oh it could yeah. be like two weeks." And I thought two weeks, yeah. like, baby, I'm here to work right now. Like, yeah, you need to make this happen. And I remember two days later because the woman told me she was going to fast track it but I always feel like words are words isn't mm. it? I remember two days later Walgreens called me and they're like surprisingly we got your drug test back you're all clear like when do you want to start
0: and you're like today
1: But I'm telling you they were like oh you want to start today come in yeah. I thought um, but wait a minute I didn't actually get clothes like do you have a uniform and they're like oh you can wear um, a blue shirt mind you Mm. The first day I went there they already told me I, I was gonna get I should get a blue shirt like mm. the first my Clothes is gonna take God knows how long to come in and because they're not expecting my drug test for like two weeks They were gonna order uniforms. So I went that first day as well after the clinic and everything to go get clothes mm. So I bought the uniform and everything the second day was when I signed up to the bank and got the phone
0: mm.
1: yeah, and um, Insurance was next on the list in it mm. Well, I didn't get insurance you didn't get health insurance. I didn't get insurance. And I'm telling you, I was working in the hood and I came down with pink eye. Oh, shit. And Mo, I spent a fortune just to get um an appointment. And after I got the appointment and then saw how much more I had to spend on the, the medicine, I was like, I'm getting insurance, how, how, much is a, how much is an appointment just out here? Oh, it was like 123 Woo. Twenty-three dollars just for the damn appointment. Mo. It was so like it was half an hour, you know, context, That's a hundred English pounds Mo, just to see a doctor. No, it was no, it was actually one hundred and twenty-three dollars dollars. Yeah, was, but
0: in pounds is like hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah. pounds
1: is like hundred quid. My bad. Yeah. Wow, just for an appointment, Mo, for like half an hour, just to tell me what I already know. Oh God. Because re- Anthony is very um, my sister is very. <laughs> she's very free out by by any type of illness so she jumps on google asap mm. so when i saw my eyes she jumped on google asap and mm. so we already knew what i had so i'm just paying for you to tell me what i already know and oh then God. i just wanted you to prescribe me something in it mm. turns out i still have to pay a fortune on the medicine now here's a real blessing right mm. i was working for walgreens mm. and walgreens specialize in medicine mm. which you know everything it's like i said everything happens for a reason isn't it they gave me a good little discount. <laughs> 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 they gave me a good little discount on the medicine, innit? In fact, I shipped that medicine to my store, innit? That way it was easy to pick up. Oh, my God. Well, everything's a blessing in this life, I'm telling you. I always felt like a blessed character. My mom always, you know, always said, oh, y'all are blessed. Mm. you never luck. She did not believe in luck. Mm. So, always like, y'all are blessed. I remember moving to England. That was where she started it. It was always like, oh yeah, I'm a lucky dude. I'm a lucky dude. My grandma always told me I was lucky. I'm a lucky dude. She'd always be, you're never lucky. You're blessed. <laughs> so I'd be like, okay, mom, calm down, calm okay, down. Okay, I like that. I
0: like that mentality. Jesus. I love it. So, man, all right, this is this is this is getting deep. 123 dollars for an appointment. I'm God I'm Obama still, Obama. man. God bless Obamacare, but
1: I'm, <laughs> 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 or maybe I should say R.I.P. after Donald Trump, but. Looking into um insurance companies, yeah, because I w- I, w- I refuse to pay that ever again for something, right? And I remember.
0: Yeah, what do you remember? One hundred and twenty-three.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember looking. I know for, the sound, by the way. I remember looking for insurance companies, right? And I remember in the end when I signed up for insurance and kn- my sister was like, oh, you got a great insurance package. Mm. Right? Because I was there listening to them because I'm like, y'all are not going to tell me the fine print. Just send me an email. Let mm. me look at this. And I got insurance for like $70. But that was, wow, awesome. but that was with life insurance as well. So it was like $30, $30 for your health insurance and 35 went to um, life insurance. Mm. But more, when brokenness hit me, Less than a year later, I cancelled the life insurance. What? So I'm only paying $30 a month just for the health insurance. But then brokenness hit again, I'm not going to lie. And I had to cancel the health insurance, but I was so careful. But you know what I've noticed? And I've noticed that moving countries struggle. The struggle will forever exist. I don't care how much money you make in this life. You're forever going to face some type of struggle. Mm. And it's always, to me, I've always been a fan of struggle because it only makes you um, thick skin. Mm. So I feel like, um, just never shy away from the struggle, innit?
0: So as we've been going through this, I've been taking few notes. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we meet the next time, we're going to flesh out certain things. Okay. One of the key quotes is, struggle will always exist. Mm-hmm. I love
1: that. Iggy has a tattoo on her arm, in it. Iggy has a tattoo on her arm. Oh, I, love ta- I love that. I love nice. that girl. She has a tattoo on her arm that says "Trust the struggle." I remember at first I thought, "Oh my God, this is some stupid saying, isn't it." But um, over time, it grows on you because it's like you have to, kn- in times of struggle, right? Mm. You always um, doubt yourself, or you always feel as though the situation is gonna be more. It's too overwhelming for you. Mm. and so it always drags you to these dark places but sometimes you have to believe that the struggle is just to make you a stronger character you have to trust in the struggle do you feel what i'm saying i feel what you're saying Like it's only coming your way my mom used to always say god never gives you more than you can handle and so you always have to believe that the struggle you're struggling because god feels as though you're strong enough to overcome what you're dealing with Mm. and so if it wasn't meant for you you wouldn't be getting it. Do you feel what I'm saying? I feel that you. goes out to all the suicidal victims. You know, don't be feeling as though um your situation is more than you. Or everything has its time. Everything has its moment. But if you stick through it, you only become a stronger character. Isn't it? Person- personal Preach! opinion. Personal opinion, man. Breach. Quick, quick, quick!
0: Uh, follow up question. It's not a small question. Have you ever had any experiences? either directly or indirectly, or through friends, um, with uh, suicide or suicidal thoughts? And do you have any reflections, regardless of whether you've had any experiences, either indirectly
1: or directly? Mm, That's a good question. That's a really good question. You know what? um, Oh my God, some things you never remember until you're asked about it. Um, When I first moved to England... There was this, um, these people that I actually consider cousins now. Okay. We spent a lot of time together when we first moved to England. Is this the Stratford family? No, 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 no. My Stratford families are my babies, man. Okay. (laughs) I love them. No, no, no. When we first moved to England, there was these people actually from my area in Villa, Mm. right? They were, uh, we weren't, my mom was familiar with them, Mm. but I wasn't too familiar with them growing up. Mm and um i remember when i moved to england they were living in south london mm. and like i said i'm not northwest blooded mate mm. but we used to visit them a lot now in time it was like one of them things where it's an everyday weekend type thing mm. like every week so, sort of thing my apologies every weekend we'll be at their house and you know we'll be living our lives so we, we kind of grew up together mm. one of them was a cousin in the house, not not my cousin, but okay. It was a bunch of brothers and sisters mm. living together, and they had a cousin that was living with them. Mm-hmm. Now him, I guess he always felt like an outsider. Mm. Now I always thought he was a good lad, like he was just he was cool, he was good. Eventually, you went through some things in life, and it was just um he ran away, mm. and I I guess you could say he found himself because he switched mm. religions and everything. Mm. And um, eventually he moved to America And he committed suicide Mm. And I remember um, I remember hearing about it, you know Mm. But I remember the first time he ran away um, It was hard to comprehend Because it was like uh, You always think somebody's happy in their situation Mm. But then it takes a lot for, And a lot of people, they in that time Mm. they either blame themselves or they they take responsibility for their contribution Mm. but with him it hit home because we grew up together and we saw that process even though we weren't in each other's life every day we saw the process of um just that change just like i said in life everything is about growth Mm. you saw how much he grew and how much he was fighting just to just to be happy i guess you could say mm. or just to, to be himself and you never truly know somebody's battle mm. you, you never will nobody can tell their stories unless i feel like even now even though i'm telling you all this mm. you'll never get the depth of the story unless of course. do you get I me mean? I no of documentaries fully. no matter um true life stories they'll, they'll never match up to the pain and I feel like with him, you'll never truly understand why he did why what he did because he ended up hanging himself. You'll never truly understand. But everything is just um, everything affects us all in it. And his cousin later tried to do the same thing, not hang himself, but he tried to overdose some pills. Mm. He was unsuccessful, and um, it, it makes you wonder, you know even those people that are unsuccessful when it comes to trying to commit suicide like do they do they reflect on all the people they're hurting and all the people they're leaving behind or is it just themselves like Mm. but those thoughts for me i try to stay away from them
0: very powerful um very very powerful you know i i'm the same as you i try and stay away from those thoughts um recently i've had i've had um quite a few conversations about suicide with friends um and i've i've been shocked to learn that some close friends have contemplated it um even though as you said like you know someone can be doing very well and these are people that are doing very well in their careers they're doing very well socially they seem like they have it all um and interestingly a lot of successful people commit suicide um classic examples include robin williams the very famous comedian um another guy who i only started reading about recently a guy called anthony bourdain has his own kind of cooking and travel show he used to be a chef like amateur chef wasn't really that good and then ended up doing a, a, a like documentaries about food all over the world and he had one with Obama, and then both heating in Vietnam and stuff. is really g- kind of very inspirational guy, and um, he hung himself, and his 12-year-old daughter found him. And uh, it's really interesting that you bring up how people can end up hurting more people. Speaking of suicide, actually, and uh, you know, bridging off something you said about how we'll never know the true story or or the full story. There's a really cool documentary um, that I watched while I was at uni called The Bridge and it was about the San Francisco Bridge and apparently, or the Golden Gate Bridge, sorry, and um, which is in San Francisco and um, apparently it had, at one point in time, it had the most, the highest number of suicides in the world reported suicides in the world of this bridge. It was kind of nicknamed the suicide bridge. So what the documentary filmmakers did is they placed cameras um, at different vantage points so they placed a the camera on the other side of the island filming the bridge and then they placed it at different angles and the cameras recorded or would live stream the bridge for 24 hours for six months and so they captured hundreds just hundreds of people jumping off this bridge and um, they tried to I think about 30 people, they tracked down the people that had committed suicide. So the obviously directors start from the starting point of, "Here's this little tiny figure from the distance jumping off a bridge. Um, and then going to the police report and figuring out who committed the suicide. and then going back and interviewing their friends and their families, and so what you have is you, you have a series of people that have jumped off a bridge and now we go back and it's, it's, it's a story. Um, it's a story not just about someone that's jumped off a bridge, but it's a story about someone who came from a loving family, someone who inadvertently has, you know, whether they know it or not, you know, it's ended up causing a lot of pain for people. And interestingly we kind of get a small just a small sliver of an insight on the things they were struggling with one person um, sticks with me in particular he was struggling to get a job and he had a lot of number of other issues and um, he just couldn't get one and the day he committed suicide he was um, uh, he had three voicemail messages on his phone and he ignored them because he thought there would be rejections and there were actually three job offers and this was maybe an hour before he took his own life. And then as a result of the documentary, um, the, I think, the, the state decided to erect huge barriers um, on the Golden Gate Bridge, like anti-suicide barriers. And then they had like a coast guard and a patrol to kind of catch people who were drown after jumping and all of this sort of stuff. So I find that really interesting. I th- find your story really interesting. I wanted to kind of segue, obviously there's no easy segue from a topic like suicide into um, your acting and your music so tell me more about how you got into acting tell me more about your music and let's start with improv because you used to post all these um, kind of videos on on Instagram I remember last time we met up we did some improv as well we're, we were in we <laughs> were in Piccadilly Circus and I came up with this stupid idea I said um, let's pick a character and a scene. So I think you were the mother and I was the son, and we flipped it. And then another interesting one is we went up to strangers, you would start telling them a story, and I would continue, and then I would look at you, and then you would continue. So I'd, I'd go up to a guy and I'd be like, It was raining. It was dark and it was dusty. And the guy would look at me like I'm fucking crazy. And then you would continue, and you'd say, It wasn't just dusty. I lost all my clothes. And then I would continue and say, I didn't just lose all my clothes I lost my wife and kids and the people would look utterly confused I think we should keep doing that by the way so let's yeah let's talk about your acting in the US tell me about your improv and why and how all of that started
1: you know, well, before we before we do the segue because I wanted to mention this um, when I was in America I actually became interested in a youtuber right Ooh. his name is Johnny Benjamin okay. Johnny without the H he actually he's a British guy mm-hmm. and he was actually gonna jump off the bridge to commit suicide as well. Mm. And um he got stopped by this guy because he has um mental issues. He's yeah. been diagnosed by a few mental with a few mental issues mm. and um he was gonna jump off the bridge and the guy stopped him and um he basically started this documentary just to find the guy that that stopped him from jumping off the bridge yeah. and it was a powerful thing because the guy was like, you know, he saw Johnny on the, end, the edge of the bridge and it was just so bizarre because everybody was just walking by, like oh. everybody was just walking by and I think that should be the main focus when it comes to, to people clearly coming in, so it's like, we can't see that as the norm, oh. you know, that's that's very bizarre and you know, while we're talking about this, more, honestly, I'm going to jump onto the acting But there's this show that started, I believe, two years ago, Mm. as well as while I was in America, and it's called Thirteen Reasons Why. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. But I've never come across a show that's just irritated my spirit so much. Mm. And I remember, um, to this day, I just can't make it through season one. Mm. And I hear season two is much more graphic. But season 1 to me It wasn't about the graphic thing It was just the whole concept of it I was living with these roommates at the time Very great lads by the way mm. uh, um, One of them mentioned the show And now 13 Reasons Why Is about this girl that committed suicide mm. Now what she did I wouldn't have a problem if she had committed suicide And it, it went into a backstory as to why mm. But what she did that really irritated me Was that she left tapes She actually mm. left tapes mm. for each and every person That contributed to her suicide which I thought, you know, it's one thing for you to know how many people is going to be hurt by a, sui- by a suicide or how many people is not going to be affected. But it's another reason for you to go the extra mile and make people feel as though they are responsible mm. for what you... Because this is high school, mate. In mm. high school, it's like we say the simplest things without knowing. But for you to... I feel like for you to put that burden on some, and her parents her parents oh my god the love they have for her is just it breaks my heart mm. it breaks my heart but it, honestly 13 reasons why it has been apparently and maybe i'm wrong for this apparently it's, it's up the suicide rates because it's um it dove into a lot of issue people are facing and, and it's just um i i guess a lot of people feel uncomfortable watching it and so it it kind of tips the balance. They just feel like everything else is. If you come across an issue on on TV, right, mm. and um mm. you're going through it, it kind of um amplifies what you're going through. Mm. Especially if it ends with somebody committing suicide. It's like Jesus Christ. Like if they didn't have a way out, mm. my way out should be the same way. They do you feel what I'm saying? What I'm saying. And it's very bizarre, but honestly, okay. Let's stray off the topic of suicide.
0: No, no, yeah. We can always revisit it later, yeah. Of course,
1: and that's another podcast in itself. I'm just sure that's another find. E- podcast episode yeah, I'm in sure itself, you, yeah. You should give a bunch of people just to have like an um, a oh, in house session and we can just throw opinions hey, out man, there. Is,
0: we will we we do, we'll do it all <laughs> dating, suicide, life crime, you Everything.
1: name it, man. Um, in regards to the acting, um growing up i don't know where the love for acting kicked in if it was even love at all but i remember moving to america and um when i was in the job i was there watching tv right and um it's one of them things you look at tv and you're like i could do this i Mm -hmm. I could do this and like i said i moved to help my family out so i was thinking you know this is america Mm -hmm. It's one of them things where um, acting is actually a career you can pursue, mm-hmm. and it is something that could be very um lucrative, mm-hmm. and it could just you know you could go ahead and actually feed your family on it. Mm. And I thought you know I don't I don't have the connections to jump right in, mm. so it's best to take classes and see what's go- just feel it out. Mm. And I started taking classes, one of which was the improv the improv class. Mm-hmm. Now improv um i didn't know what to expect i naturally thought it was going to teach you how to um okay let's say you're, you've you got a script in front of you mm-hmm. but somebody strays off script like how to improvise does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. or how to um how to do certain gestures or, or your body language mm-hmm. if you're you're reading lines like mm-hmm. how to um just improvise your 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 way of getting things across Mm -hmm. like maybe something's supposed to sound sad but if you laugh with it it sounds much more easy to dissolve type Mm -hmm. thing who knows i naturally assumed that would be what it was about but it was actually a proper improv class Wow! it was a proper improv class and um what do you mean by it was proper tell me what that oh you know you know the show um Whose line line is is it? I love that show. Oh my god, the teacher was a big fan of that. Mm -hmm. So it was it was one of them things where um he's his background is actually from Broadway. Like he's a Broadway actor. He's an on stage actor. But his comic his comical side is off the chain. Like that man could proper improvise. So we played all these these improv games just to have us prepared. One of them I remember is like um. there was only four people could play at a time mm. but um you would make a square with four people that's the best way to describe it you'll make a square with four people mm-hmm. and then um the first two that's facing the audience right mm-hmm. you'll give them a location let's okay. say dubai now w- you'll have to rotate to your right yep to okay. your right right now this is one of the same person obviously Mm -hmm. from the two people that was at the front now they've got a second partner are you following just picture the square rotating right you're only rotating one person at a time so technically technically you will have two partners so this guy goes right and then this guy goes yeah this person will go to the back of the square so now there's two people facing the audience one of which was facing the audience Uh, to begin with on the left hand side wait no. so let me let's so just draw this down yeah i really curious how there's the two people works. at the front of the square facing the audience right okay and there's two people at the back
0: not facing the audience not facing the audience
1: now if you rotate the square one person right so
0: this so let's just so sorry, i'm just drawing yeah, this no, that's paper. fine. this is audience yeah. yes that's the audience at yeah. The front. yeah, and then i'm going to just do an arrow symbolizing yes. a person Two people facing the square, yes, and then two people not facing facing, the square. Yes, Yes.
1: the two people at the back are silent because you don't have an audience, okay? Right? The two people at the front are performing now. If you rotate one person right, right, one of those person, the one on the right, is gonna go to the back. So now they're not facing this guy, right? Exactly. Now they're not facing the audience, and this person that was at the back now rotates. rotates to the front. So now there's two people facing the audience, one of which was originally facing the audience to begin with, do you yeah. feel what I'm saying? I understand, yeah. Now the first two, let's say you give them a location, Dubai, yeah. mm-hmm. you'll have to give them um a place in Dubai, like let's say they're in a cafe. Okay, cafe right? in Dubai. A cafe in Dubai. At Dubai Mall, let's There say. you go. Yeah. And then yeah. that person will rotate to the yeah. right, and now this person at the front that was originally in Dubai... Mm you'll give them a second location and a second place to play out with that second Mm -hmm. character so now we'll be like antarctica Mm -hmm. christmas time Mm -hmm. do you feel what i'm saying Mm -hmm. now you just have to remember where you are with each character okay do you feel what i'm saying i understand you could even change it and say you're in antarctica christmas 2099
0: is everyone given a uh, a, a lo- all Everyone, all four people are given, location.
1: people are given two locations because technically you'll be acting with two different people.
0: So let me just get this straight. Yes. Before the four people stand in the uh, square formation, Yes. each actor. Yes. So let me just explain this yes. to Mike. Sure. So the, s- the way the square game works, from what I understand, is two people are facing the audience yeah. and then two people are standing behind those two actors with their backs turned yeah. facing the wall. Yeah. And. Before the game begins, all four actors that make up the square are given two locations, two locations. to remember because they'll be participating we'll be with two different, different, people. different people. So let's say person number one is given Dubai and France, person number yeah. two is given it, it Dubai and, it and Jamaica. It could not
1: be 2018, it could be
0: 1996. Okay, so time is a factor, time like the, the year 90. that you're in, like whether you're in the 1800s or 2020. Okay, so you can spice up pretty much anything. So the reason you're given different locations is because when you th- you do the rotation, the next person that comes onto the scene will say, "Oh, we're in Antarctica." What happens to the guy that remains facing the audience that was originally in Dubai, or does oh, he revert to his second so thing? So
1: great. Once you get, once you get your second character, yeah, you're in character. Like you have to change automatically. So if you were in Dubai before, once you move right, you're in Antarctica. There's no, oh so now I'm in Antarctica. It's proper improv. No, the good thing about it is you don't know what your next character is going to say, so it's just carrying on from whatever is thrown at you. So if you were in Dubai cafe and you hear switch, you just have to move right. You move right automatically and all of a sudden, you're freezing. <laughs> you're like, do you get what I mean? I and it's like, it. I could be like, why are you cold? Like, it's not even cold. And you'll be like, what are you talking about? This is Antarctica, mate. Are you, no, I grew up in Russia. And we used to swim in the cold. Like, you just, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. You have to be prepared. Mm, you just yeah. have to be prepared. Interesting. You, it's, it's awesome. That and sounds it, so fun. Awesome. Very fun. And and the thing about it is... Um, I never had myself done as an improv character in it. Mm. So it was just, uh, it was really good. Really eye-opening. There was just, oh, just a lot of different games. Yeah. A lot of different, honestly, I had so much fun. Wow. I had wow. so much fun. Wow. And then, in contrast, I remember, um, I had this one particular class that was once a week. Mm-hmm. And that was a proper acting class. You want some tea? No, no, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It was a proper acting class, and I remember it used to interfere with my shifts. Oh, shit. And I used to let them know, you know, listen, I need to leave early because I need to be at this class, and it, w- it was really good. It made me feel as though um, that's what actors do. Mm. Like, if you have a job, you know that job is not your priority. Mm. Like, you have a career you're striving for. Does that make sense? Yes. You have to do what you must. Yes. And so you have to make time for whatever your passion is. mm but, I will say, um, to me, it's all, it, like everything else in life, it's a learning curve. Mm. It's a learning curve. You'll have to learn that nothing comes easy in it. Mm. It's like I said, to this day, I don't think um, I'm great at improv, but I felt like it's one of them things, if you had kept going, mm. you would learn to get better and better. So,
0: consistency. Consistency is a
1: massive honesty.
0: That's quite consistency
1: interesting. and discipline You said it best mate You said it best you know, I want to segue into something yeah. be,
0: You know before before I turn on the mic we, we had a little chat about you know The importance of consistency and discipline I personally opened up about Some frustration with So many different things I wanted to learn That I started maybe 10 years ago And kind of started and stopped And I said if I had just done the bare minimum Every day for 10 years I would be a beast In X um, True. True. What are some things you've maybe struggled with in the transition to acting and i love the fact that you continue to take classes because even denzel with all his awards still has an acting coach still has the humility to to, to take classes which is why he's denzel washington so what are, what are those things and then after that we'll we'll uh, i'll ask you about how you got into the music
1: so i repeat the question what is what
0: so what are, what are some struggles that you had when you first started your acting career and how did you overcome them? Th- that's the question.
1: I, I won't call it a career, yeah, I wish I had a role. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I will say uh, one of the main struggles... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I think one of the main struggles, if I'm honest, when I used to take um that one particular class right the one where um I was leaving work early just to get to that class, I remember there was already professionals there mm-hmm. and I think seeing the contrast the contrast of um skill set mm-hmm. it w- it wasn't so much a struggle it was more a realization mm-hmm. like oh we actually um No matter how much roles you get, I how far you get, there's there's always gonna be um. It's always gonna be a struggle trying to get to places because these people are saying they were in the business for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's that realization, like oh this is not gonna be a piece of cake. And the thing about it, I remember growing up, I always said maybe small. I think it's because of my mom's worth, ec- worth, worth like worth work ethic. ethic. Yes, yes. Oh, work man. ethic, there Amen. you go Amen. Because of my mom's work ethic I always felt as though I never wanted anything easy in this life I, I, I don't feel like it's worth it mm-hmm. Like I just don't feel like getting anything easy is worth it So um, I always felt like, okay If I'm supposed to pursue acting on music or whatnot I wouldn't want to get it like that mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's much better if you work for it that's just my personal opinion because one, you appreciate it more. Uh, maybe that's a fallacy as well. Like maybe regardless, if if you have that passion in you for centuries, you appreciate it w- w- no matter how quick you you get that success. Do you know I, think I? I think there is
0: something to be said about once you've really grinded. No. Once you've grinded out hard, there is definitely a feeling of ah, oh, it's just a bit more sweet. At least I've experienced that with running. No. But yeah, no, you're right. I think there is a, also a trap of. Um, banging your head against a brick wall and and making yourself suffer maybe sometimes unnecessarily yeah. so um okay let's fast forward again a lot of fast forwarding today music so i remember there was a period of time actually no the first time you properly told me about your music is when we when we w- yeah it was on the same day actually i'm trying to rem- i was trying to remember but it was on the same day i booked for us to see Black Panther when it first came out, sick film by the way. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Coogler, the director, amazing guy. And uh, shout out, shout out. we decided to go to. Well, you chose this place. You chose a really cool.
1: Mm.
0: Was it Korean? Yeah,
1: it was uh, the Japanese place. It was a
0: really cool Japanese place yeah. that you picked. Was it Korean? Cool? I think it was Korean. I don't know. Maybe it was Japanese, no, but I it was a. Re- it was a really cool Japanese place you picked, and um, we were eating and you on the way there you mentioned that like you were you know doing music like yeah. properly and i was asking like what do you do and you were like you rap you write and i was like whoa i didn't know i didn't know killed, i didn't know killed dabbles into that i know you mentioned it but you mentioned it seriously this time so tell me the creative process tell me what kind of um are you a poetry guy are you a spoken word guy are you a rapper uh umc um and, yeah, what's the creative process like? And how did you even get involved in that sort of thing in the first place?
1: You know what, Mo? Um, oh, Jesus. I think when I moved to America, it changed me big time because I felt like um, there were so much opportunities. Mm. I felt like there was so much opportunities. And the thing about it is I, f- I feel like no matter where you go, though, there's always so much opportunities. But I think it's because um, at the time I thought, ooh, like, I'm really here to help my family out, like, let's see what mediums I could use, and mm. I wanted to use mediums that was actually successful, like, like, or bring in the big box, mm. I actually started thinking about money, and I think that's one of the most disappointing things, because growing up in Jamaica, I saw how much destruction money bought, mm. and I just always thought I would never be that person, but, um, no, moving to America was just, it was different, it was mm. so different for me. No, um, when it comes to music, to be honest, is you always make me realize how secretive I am. Mm. Honestly, because I started writing music when I was twelve. Mm. Yeah, I remember being in classes and I will always be flipping the pages, writing at the back of the book. And then the moment the teacher passes, I'll be, I'll be flipping back to the front. I started writing music when I was twelve, and I remember what sparked me continuing. Mm. I um. One time I wrote this song. I don't even remember what the song was. And um, it was... C- you remember my Sierra obsession? Yes. Yes. This is what happened. Me and my sister, we were growing up in this house. Me, my sister, my mom. We were growing up in this, this house out around Kilburn at the time. Was it Kilburn? It was Kilburn. We were growing up around Kilburn and um, I would download these songs... I would download the lyrics to these songs. Mm. I would come home and um, me and my sister would do like renditions. Mm. And I always loved it because my mom, we always wanted her to feel relaxed when she got home. Mm. And so we would work hard just to learn these songs and and, um, perform it to her. We'll put on the show for her and it it will make her feel so good. But we'll put on this show for her and we'll change up the songs however we felt like. And I remember when I used to um, get the lyrics for these songs. There were um i could see that there were just three verses and a chorus and i thought jesus i could do this like no problem and i started writing and i remember what made me continue was one time my sister she found one of my my songs and she took it to my mom Mm. and i remember mom looked at the song and she called me down to her room right and when she called me I, i anthony told me that she gave her one of my songs and i was like jesus christ this woman is gonna kill me she's gonna kill me because she's gonna be like i'll take you to school to learn actual shit like why are you writing but i remember she was reading the song and she was like did you write this and i said i remember answering so nervously i said yeah and she kept on reading and she looked up at me and I remember thinking, oh, God, here comes the beat. because she was not smiling or anything. Mm. And she started smiling. And she said, my son is going to be a songwriter. Wow. I know. She said, my son is going to be a songwriter. And he's going to use it to, to get us out of here. Mm. And I remember thinking at the time, wait, this could actually get us out of here. Because like, we were living rough. <laughs> oh, my God, we were living in that house with no radiator. And I remember that one time that, that snow came for us. Like we were doomed. But yeah, that's what made me continue writing music. And I remember to this day. But when I moved to America, that was when I started performing, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But poems, I remember you're actually the one. I used to write poems whenever I was asked to do it in school, just like stories. Yeah. And um, you were the one, you, you said to me once that, oh, it was good. It's different when somebody tells you that's not a teacher. No. Do you get me? I, mean? I get you. They don't have to they're
0: not paid to tell you,
1: oh, that was lovely. No, yeah. no, that's what makes it so good. And I remember you're the one that was like, oh, you're actually a, a good storyteller, like you're a good, um, your poems are good and whatnot. And I remember I would only write them whenever I was asked to, mm-hmm. like if it came to a grade, i am writing it. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't any passion for poetry, not until I started a blog in uni actually What? <laughs> what? <laughs> i started this blog in uni and i remember valentine's came around yeah and i thought Valentine's is it's a poetry time like it's mm. a supposed i have to write a poem and i wrote a poem and it just felt so unfinished and that, that was one of that was one of the things i love growing up i can always tell when things feel finished mm. and i remember thinking oh no this poem needs a part two and I remember being so amazed with my poetry skills after part two. It was like, oh, Jesus, like, I, sh- I should write more poems. Mm. And I started writing more poems for the blog. Mm. And before you know it, here I am writing poems. Oh, my
0: God. Okay. And I remember
1: even telling you last, no, actually earlier this year, that I'm working on the, the poems to drop like an entire collection. Wow. I am actually slowly working on it now Just slowly i slowed down the process big time How many poems have you got so far? Mm, roughly uh, 30 Some Ooh. of them are unfinished okay. I think I'm aiming for like 60 probably I said 50 but I might as well aim for 60 For the entire collection So far I think the collection is called um, Did You See Me? Mm. Which is Um I think if you read it all in its entirety, you'll probably get the whole concept of it. It's just saying, did you see me when I was doing this and doing that and struggling and et cetera, et cetera. But it's actually not about me specifically. It's, it touches on a lot of different topics like um, rape, first, first date is one, suicide is one, domestic abuse. It's, it touches on a lot of different topics and it's it's just honestly it's awesome it's really awesome I'm I actually loving the process of it all, Sounds and it so accidentally exciting. it accidentally came about which is what makes it even so much better I was just writing poems and I, I saw this um. this theme kept popping up of did you see me it would always be like that one line that popped up in like five poems and it's like Jesus I could actually turn this into a collection wow. and then here we are
0: you don't need me but if but if you ever need anyone to Help, oh, if you ever need anyone to help get the word out about that, not so much get the word out, but if you ever like just need someone to like promote or write a write some an advert for it or or approach publishers, or um, I'm 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 your guy, uh, I'm your agent because that sounds I am so pumped for you. I think one thing we both share is we both share a love of telling stories and we both share a love of writing. Um, I remember you sent me o- some old stories, short stories you wrote a long time ago. Damn, damn, I, I, uh, wow, uh, that's so cool. I've only dabbled in poems recently. Again, just small little A B rhyming skill poems. I wrote one for my little cousins, yeah. on their birthdays and whatnot, just to get back into it. But I really, actually, funnily enough, speaking about music we i don't know if you remember this so we had this um kind of strange night out we um we i can't i'm trying to remember if it was i'm getting mixed up if it was before so there's two nights i remember we spent with each other recently mm-hmm. one was um when you first came back to the uk mm-hmm. and i said oh, okay i'm going to invite you to dishum so yes, I, th- yes. I think that was i think that oh, was the night uh, yeah right mm-hmm. and then another another time was um when uh, we went to see Black Panther And we were kind of roaming the streets afterwards So I get those two nights mixed up But yeah. I think it was the Dishoom night I'm not sure it, w- it was the same night that we went to the casino mm-hmm. So I think it was the Dishum yeah, night, right? Mm-hmm. So we go to Dishoom This Indian restaurant in Covent Garden yeah. Then we go to a casino uh, 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 Called the Hippodrome mm-hmm. See all these people Betting their money away We leave We join some weird kind of not street party but like all these people like dancing and there's two dwarves doing backflips yeah. and whatnot Jesus, like and that's why we did all our antics um about improv and that yeah. and then just as we're going to the station i say let's walk to bond street's tube station it'll be quicker to get the jubilee line and um we end up somehow behind some some back street and i t- i want to show you a cafe called momo's yeah, yeah. And that's a cafe um an ex girlfriend took me to and I really liked it. So I was trying to show you this cafe called Momo's and we end up outside a so called exclusive club yeah. called called Toy, T O Y. You remember
1: the name.
0: Yeah, I remember it quite well. And um there's all these like rich kids basically. <laughs> I even remember one guy had like a drop top and like a really big car that looked a bit like a, a Rolls Royce. And he had his private security. And I jokingly said like, oh, we could probably get in there if we like if we s- chatted to them. And it was like, w- it was like all these people. And then there was one Russian, older Russian woman that I was chatting to. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, oh, this little girl, it's like she's like my sister. In a very Russian accent. It's not very good. Sorry, any Russian people listening to this. The only Russian I know, well, I know a bit of Russian, but one of the key Russian phrases is Bajal Lusta means please don't, don't <laughs> don't <shoot. laughs> please don't shoot.
1: <laughs> please don't shoot. Yeah, you gotta
0: you gotta my, my obsession has been how to rob a bank in Russia. Bajal Lusta Logis lie down. Nalichka money. Nalichkus cash. Militia policia Anyway, but this big digress. Anyway, so we're there and I say to you. Oh, cheeky phone call. I say to you um, this is new money yeah,
1: yeah. do you remember
0: that I say to you this is new money what we're seeing here is new money mm-hmm. this is w- what the new wealthy look like mm-hmm. so in the UK you know you have the aristocracy and old money yeah. right a very feudal system and new money are the kind of new elites we can pause this if you want to answer it's fine and I say to you we've got to write a poem and a blog post
1: about new money
0: I haven't written that yet but have you written anything on new money yet I
1: haven't I, haven't. I remember that something. I remember that sentence so vaguely because I was uh, not vaguely so um, vividly I remember that moment so vividly because I remember us saying I was like I was down for that collab yeah, yeah I was down for that collab yeah. and I was like oh it's funny how it came around because I was like new money I didn't even think of it Yeah. I was like mo you trusting right, mo mama. to come up with that no, we should collab on that. I will be oh, awesome. I
0: will write a blog style mm-hmm. informational piece on it. Yeah. You write a poem. I might write and a line or two. Yeah. I might. I might write yeah, a line or yeah. two po- poetry wise. Let's do it. Man. We can collab on it. And you know what? we'll have a blog. We'll yeah. have a podcast episode on new money. Oh, we should. I'm dying. I'm,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm dying. Ago. I'm dying. And I will even <clears throat> drag this little Michael on.
0: They're watching live. Oh it's God. Money, huh? <laughs> So um. Yeah, let's. let's um
1: Shout out to Mo and his accents, man. Oh, I appreciate it. Big that. up. I appreciate it. Actually, speaking of. And speaking uh, oh, God. No, no, no I was going to say Nabil as well. Like, Nabil is. Oh, my God. His accents are off the hook.
0: So, just context Nabil's a good old friend of mine. Very strange guy. Um, so, obviously, as you know from the beginning, it kills Jamaican. So, I was petrified of Nabil doing his Jamaican accent. And so, Nabil used to say things like, kill all of them dangerous yeah, chemical yeah. and i was like oh i was cringing i was cringing i was like don't say
1: that don't oh, say that dude,
0: um I like accents i was what i was just about to say now before you brought Nabil is um you kind of introduced me to accents, so i can do quite a few different accents some some yeah, very well some poorly um oh you
1: know what you're good at as well impersonation
0: oh really yeah, yeah. who yeah, like it
1: brings us back to our
0: brighton moment ah oh, that's
1: switch uh,
0: I I called it switch so I remember miss hurt uh, one of our drama teachers at KHS there was a replacement for her and this lady taught us a game and the game didn't have a name but I called it Switch. switch and so you had to have a character and you'd be doing your character and she'd be like switch and then you'd switch into a different character and she kept saying it
1: uh, improv
0: game. very similar which? to the improv game mm-hmm. and we played it on brighton beach yeah, um but the what i wanted to say about accents quickly is mm-hmm. you kind of got me onto accents for one reason which is you there was a tv show mm-hmm. called jeopardy oh, yeah so you're a big fan of jeopardy yeah. you got me into jeopardy and uh it was like it was like a in my version jeopardy was like a northern version of lost (laughs) that's how i saw it and in one in one well not in one in all the episodes the guy was like shauna shauna you're right shauna and so in school you used to say shauna and i just loved it so i caught it on i was like shauna and speaking of accents with the with you know um when i was learning to drive a while ago um, before I passed my test and all of that, Winston, the driving instructor, the Grenadian guy, who I'm going to introduce you to at some point, he, we both used to say things like, "Oh, it's great, it's great, <laughs> mate, it's great. What you doing, lad? Oh. It's great." So you used to say to me, "How's it going?" I'd be like, "It's great." And the problem was, I took that and I started saying that in professional contexts. Yeah. So, for example. um I was in a law firm and someone asked me a very serious question. I, the reason I say it's a law firm because people in law firms are very uptight. So someone asked me about a case or something, and then I oh no, 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 you know, oh, yes, Mohammed, how's it going? And without thinking, I said, "It's great." <laughs> and then I was like, "Fuck, I can't be saying this." So you're the one that got me onto the accents. You're, the, you're the, you're the accent guy. I got salute you for that. Um, I think what. So we're at two hours and nineteen minutes, which is great and i'm going to ask you if you could get any message out on a billboard that would be seen by virtually everyone in the world what would it be what would
1: it say and why short message short message very like sh- very short very short um you know what mo when i was um when i was turning was it 21 mm. i think it was 21 when i was turning 21 i got a tattoo done and um, I still feel like the tattoo needs a little um fixing up when it comes to words. But it was a quote, and it says, "Be yourself because who you are is worth being." I feel like if I had to put anything on a billboard, it would be that. Because I always feel like um, it's like I said in this life, I think the main struggle you'll always find is, um, just being yourself, just being confident within your skin, or or being confident with your personality traits, just your idiosyncrasies everything that makes up you even w- what you manage to achieve and what you don't manage to achieve rather than beating yourself up and um as to why you didn't achieve it or why you achieved things that you didn't want to achieve instead of your actual goals i feel like being proud of yourself and just being yourself being being comfortable with what you like and what you don't like Or um, the things you do And the things you, you're not capable of doing Because of whatever reasons mm. Maybe it's your skill set Maybe it's like you said Because you're not consistent with certain things mm. Maybe you, you haven't achieved certain things But rather than dwell on that Be comfortable with what you know you can do mm. And thriving to be better In doing those particular things Do you get what I mean? I get just be yourself because you know what you like and what you don't it's you're not in especially since we're talking about 20s you're not you shouldn't have that mindset whereby you still feel as though you have to be peer pressured into feeling certain things yes. or dumbing down your characters to, yes. to um to make other people feel better just be yourself in it because the whole point of this quote be yourself because who you are is worth being is in this life you find out you are who you are because nobody else can play your role Mm. does that make sense i feel like a lot of people feel like okay anybody anybody could could be a lawyer anybody could be a doctor for whatever reason all it takes is study Mm. anybody can be a lawyer and anybody can be a doctor but nobody can be you Mm. because the experience you bring to the table comes from the experiences you've been through in life do you get me and it's like i said nobody can Understand the depth of what you've been through because they're not you mm. Therefore they can never bring exactly what you can bring to the table because they're not you mm. So it's best to be yourself because who you are It's worth being it's, it's, it's a role that needs to be played and it was given to you so yeah. Judging from um, that comes from an actor in it to be played yeah. a role that you were given <laughs>
0: So I just wanna quickly say I've I, I took that question from a podcast called the Tim Ferriss Podcast. I've heard it in other places. I've heard like a bunch of answers to that question. I've heard probably over a hundred answers to that question. And I can hands they say hands down say that's the best answer I've heard Really? Swear down. Swear down. Swear down. Seriously? I'm
1: gonna need I'm gonna need like hand claps and stuff in the background. Yeah, well oh I'm bad. not
0: uh, well, maybe oh if you know God. an editor, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch some YouTube tutorials <laughs> to throw those down? in. Um, baby steps for me in terms of editing these but um, so far I'm just keeping them raw Thank but I have to say that is certainly the hands-down and, and also just to give some context Tim Ferris, Tim Ferris's guests include business people military generals chess masters people in finance people in the public eye civil rights activists all sorts of people and honestly that is the best answer I've heard wow. just the way you gave it the, the, the fluency And you could tell it came from a deep place. Um, I guess my uh, last two questions. I mean, in a way, that answered my final question about is there anything you kind of want to share with people. Um, But there might be an additional thing. So I'll ask you that. Before I ask you that, I'll just ask you a very maybe seemingly superficial question. Uh, Where can people holler at you? Where can they get to you at? Um, I wouldn't advise giving you a mobile number. Not that that you're going to get bare messages because at the moment we have maybe a couple of listeners. But is there anything that any medium people can contact you maybe instagram or twitter or or one of those mediums that you might use
1: you know right now i'm i'm back to being um off the radar (laughs) i'm back to being off the radar because um my focus needs redirecting but um i will say if you want to reach out to me by email um it's my first name and last name a.k.i.l H A Y E at gmail.com. Very simple. Oh, nice, it, Very simple. Very simple. It used to be AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, time, don't out me right now, man. Oh don't worries. out me. Um, yeah, it's really that simple. You can hit me up. Um, you know what? You can send a request to Instagram. Isn't it? It's my first name and last name as well. A K I L H A Y E. If um once I get back on there, I'll just click accept. But thank you, yeah. Um,
0: And yeah, I mean, you very eloquently gave the quote. And um, what was it? Be who you are because who you are is be yourself because who you are is worth being. Wow, I'm gonna remember that. That's (laughs) solid. That's solid. Yeah. Is there any other message, including everything you've said in relation to that quote? Is there anything else you would like to? Share with people, tell them any more nuggets of wisdom, or even a request of people, a call to action, any anything.
1: You know what I think? I think the most powerful thing I can say, I- even always be yourself because who you are is worth being. I think the most powerful thing I can say is um, <sighs> the millennium we're living in right now, the, the the time we're living in. This to me is a time of help. Like you have so much sources that's willing to help you. And, uh, you know, despite how much we've talked about and how much we've learned in the past, like, two-plus hours, I feel like the thing that hit homes for me the most is how many people are suffering with different things mm-hmm. and how um, certain things are, are either blown out of proportion because of society or, or um, they're way heavy on you because of the, the world we live in. I feel like the, the one thing you should remember... I want you to take away from this is one we're living in a time of help so if you need any help in regards to anything you're going through like honestly anything whether it's bullying or any type of abuse or whatnot, just seek help before you seek um, a means to an end is, is a way to put it. Just just seek help. You can you can find numbers online. Honestly you can you just seek help. Honestly, give yourself a chance. It's like I said, nobody can play your role, man. Give yourself a chance. Reach out for help in it. But thank you for having me, mate. Honestly, I had I had a lot of fun. If you've made it this far, thank
0: you for listening. I'm just editing over this and I've realized We've covered so much, everything from Akhil's childhood in Jamaica to moving to the UK, resilience, high school, moving and living alone, America, dating, improv, music, uh, uh, the importance of self-belief and also suicide. In relation to suicide, I just want to let you know that I am going to put numbers up in relation to suicide prevention helplines. I'm also planning to add some show notes, not only to SoundCloud, but my blog, Mohassan.net, m-o-h-a-s-a-n dot and under the podcast tab I'll be writing a short summary of the things we've discussed so if Akil mentions anything of particular interest um, you can find it in the show notes and kind of do your own digging anyway thank you for listening share this podcast on any social media platform you choose and soon we will be available on iTunes.